Yeah, this is uh, Billy Zapkin. You're listening to Below the Belt. No mercy, sweep the leg. Take a, must be take a worm for a walk, week and screw you, melon. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. We have an incredible show from top to bottom, guys, as we always do here on BTB. Let's go ahead and introduce the panel, starting with, that's right, he is a Sith Lord. I am a Sith Lord. That's right, actor extraordinaire, also known as Darth Paul Wallace, (laughs) the one and only Darth Paul Wallace. (laughs) That's good. Good, good to have you back on B2B, Paul. Good to be back. Um, well, the listeners already know you. They've been listening to us for a while, but they don't know our guest co-host that's joining us today. Uh, we met working on our good buddy Art Hall's podcast. Shout out to That Was Disappointing, Art Hall and Joe Lex. Um, and they have an incredible podcast you should also check out. I rarely promote other podcasts on my show. But dear friends of mine, I have to do it. But uh, I was um, impressed by Kelly's uh, uh, hosting ability and uh, her ability to talk everything in the world of pop pop culture. And uh, she's a NASA expertise, uh, which is really, really intriguing as well. Kelly Christopher, welcome to BTB. Thank you. Happy to be here. Very excited. I've heard such great things about this. so I'm happy to be here. Wow, we, we thank you so much, Kelly. Yeah. Um, we actually have another guest joining us very, very shortly. She wanted to come on a little earlier than we typically bring on our guests. Her name is Kelly Davis, and she'll be talking about Cobra Kai, uh, Jazzman Blues on Netflix and some other stuff. But really quickly, let's introduce Kelly, because Kelly, you are a, a NASA expert um, uh do you do that by trade? Because uh, I see a lot of your posts, you know, talking about the possible like asteroid disaster that could have made don't look up uh, a reality. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Uh, definitely far from being an expert, but um, um, I'm what's called a solar system ambassador. So um, I'm part of a, or um, a group uh, that NASA trains to be 
to do public outreach. So we're volunteers. So I do it in my spare time, but because I've always been such a space and science nerd growing up yes. that uh, when I heard about the opportunity, um, I cool. spent seven hours going through the application process and uh, took about four months of heavy grilling of my um, references. So they, you know, they're pretty serious NASA. And, uh, and then I got selected about five years ago. So yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride. Wow. About all the things from um, the different scientists and mission teams. Cause that's, that's sort of our, what's cool about being an ambassador is mm -hmm. we get to be on training calls with the mission team um, experts. And then it's our job as ambassadors to turn that information around and present it to the public however we want. Yeah, and that's amazing because there's been some really cool things over the past year or so. Um, most recently, let's talk about that asteroid because that could have been really disastrous, right? I mean, I just saw Don't Look Up. Uh, my, my grandfather actually worked for NASA. He helped design some of the uh, several, uh, some of the rockets we sent up into the space years ago. For, uh, oh, America. really? Oh, that's amazing. More and more people I talk to, they know somebody or, you know, a parent yeah. or a relative uh, worked Edward, there at some point. It's located in Maryland, so I mean, they, they designed a lot of the rockets that they sent up in the space. In fact, yeah. uh, one of the satellites has a St. Christopher's medal on it that he put inside of it. So I think it was the Voyager 2. One of the Voyager, I forget which we one. We have Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. Yeah, that's amazing. He put in there, so I don't know which one it was. I forget which one it was. That's wonderful. Yeah, there's, yeah, they've, uh, they've got so many different missions going on. So the most recent one, um, which was Monday, that was the DART mission. So that stands for Double Asteroid Redirection Test. So it's part of NASA's um, planetary defense program. And while the asteroid that we hit on Monday was not a threat to Earth, we wanted to, we're starting to test different ways should an asteroid ever become a potential threat in the future, how we're going to defend against it. So now, yeah. How realistic is Armageddon? Is that one of the, I mean, are they going to send like mining teams up to put explosives inside the asteroids? Or even a better or... question, how realistic yep. is Don't Look Up? <laughs> uh, don't Look Up, um, probably a little bit more realistic than say Armageddon was. I mean, you know, both of those are for entertainment purposes. Um, you know, Don't Look Up had, you know, a lot of, political slant to it as well, <laughs> yeah, uh, political yeah. satire. Uh, but um, NASA has, you know, uh, an entire program um, and a lot of people, you know, dedicated to uh, tracking asteroids. We, I think at this point we're up to, a, we're tracking about 25,000 at any given time. Um, JPL here in Pasadena, they have a whole ongoing list and they also like to employ the public, you know, um, you know, amateur astronomers helping because it's a really big sky. And we only have so many detection, you know, telescopes to be able to look at all times in all directions. So um, something popping up at the last minute that we're not going to be prepared for is highly unlikely. Um, most of the time, we're going to know if something could potentially hit us and do some sort of damage. Um, we're probably going to have at least 10 plus years of a warning because it's, it's going to be that big. And so they'll be able to see it that far ahead of time in time. Okay, um, so Don't Look Up actually had at least a year, right? Before I think so. Yeah, I forget what the timeline was. So everybody was, was kind of but... living their living their life as their last days uh, until. Right. Uh, our, How was we yeah. close call or no? Hmm? There was one year we had a real close call. I mean, it came within like feet of hitting the uh, you uh, hitting the Earth. 
I mean, I, I, one of the asteroids. I think it was in 2000 or 2001. Or yeah, 2000. we've had we've had some that have come pretty close. Close calls. Close calls. Um, I mean, they you know they would obviously let people know if something was going to be you know life threatening. Um, but so they they are going to be working. They have three ideas in the works right now. So on Mondays, that was called what was called it's called a kinetic impactor. So we sent a little spacecraft, which is the DART spacecraft. And it was sent to a non-threatening asteroid system. Now, an asteroid system is a system of asteroids containing more than one. So there were two. The larger one was called Didymos, and the smaller one was called Dimorphos. So what we ended up doing was slamming the little spacecraft into the small little moonlit Dimorphos at between 14,000 and 15,000 miles per hour. And the whole idea was to see if we could change the path of it just slightly. The, the um, because it orbits around Didymos. And so it orbits every 11 hours and 55 minutes. So smacking it that hard, just a little bit, we are hoping we shifted the orbit by 10 minutes. So instead of orbiting Didymos 11 hours and 55 minutes, we're hoping it's not gonna be 11 hours and 44 minutes. Just because that little shift would miss earth because earth is still continuing to move through space as we orbit the sun right so just moving something or changing the speed of something that small it could potentially then pass right right Mm -hmm. by us so this was just one way of testing to see if this is a possibility that we can hopefully you know change the path of an asteroid in the future should we need to and we're going to get right back to that kelly because we actually have another kelly (laughs) that's going to be joining us uh we've known kelly for quite a while she is a shining star here in the DMV. Uh, she's, I don't know uh, about all that. <laughs> she has done so many amazing roles in her acting career, and it's her second time on Below the Belt show. Uh, we had her. It was a long time ago. It's been a little while. It's been a minute, right? Yeah. But uh, things are, are looking amazing, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly Davis, actress extraordinaire, back on Below the Belt show. How are you, Kelly? I'm good. How are you? You know what? I was following your social media, then I saw. Cobra Kai season five. And then a week later, I saw a jazz band blue. Uh, yeah, blues. And I was like, we got to get Kelly on. Her career is going crazy. It's been good. Really, you should just follow my daughter because hers is actually even more beyond, beyond mine. My kid's killing it. But, um, but yeah, it's good. Things are. Yes. I, I just uh, finished two more shows that I can't talk a whole lot about, but those were those were good too. So it's been it's been nice. We, we can't wait to, to talk about. It. Let's just get right into it because let's start with Cobra Kai because that's my uh, favorite show on Netflix right now. Uh, it's a lot of people. Those culture it, like the, some of those, and good <laughs> for them, man, bringing it back so many years later. Like yeah, so. yeah, but you know what. Netflix stole from YouTube. It was YouTube. Wasn't it YouTube or was it a? It was originally a YouTube premium show. Yeah, YouTube yeah. Red. it was. Yeah. Yeah. But and they it, picked it, up quickly. Good for them, man. They're like. It was a positive thing overall for all parties involved for him to yeah. go eventually to Netflix for the exposure and 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 everybody knows about Cobra Kai when, when season one. Not many people knew about it, but uh, now we're in season five. And uh, the, the characters have had so many incredible arcs. And um, two of them are Vanessa Rubio's Cameron Diaz and, well, Carmen. I think it's Cameron, but I guess they decided yes. to go Carmen. Yeah, you probably can't say Cameron Diaz. I, mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw it's it like on IMDb as Cameron. I'm like, what? And then Billy Zabka as Johnny Lawrence, one of mm. the OGs from Karate Kid. 
they go uh, into um, a pharmacy and talk to Kelly's character, Corey, the pharmacist. How cool. You, I mean, you're pretty much, you have such a, uh, an important scene, uh, Kelly, because, you know, you're changing the lives of these two major characters by giving them the pregnancy test that allows them to find out whether yeah, Carmen is pregnant or not. And I think that's so cool. You know what's funny about that that show in particular is that because I'm here in Atlanta and so I audition, I mean, I audition a lot, I'm working a lot, but that particular show I have not auditioned for much because it's a bunch of young karate doers. They just don't have a lot of my type. Like I'm such an ordinary type, you know, just being this like 40 something white female, but, um, and I've gotten to play some extraordinary roles, even, even in that being said, but um, there just has not been a lot of roles for me on that show. I've auditioned for that show maybe twice okay. and, and and all in small capacities, like smaller roles. So when this one came up, I was like, pharmacist, like, I'm not going to book this. They're going to go with some like character, t- you know? So I was shocked when I booked it. I was stoked when I booked it because I really wanted to get that show under my belt and I wanted to work on it. But I was, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised that they didn't go with something that was a little bit more like of a character type. It was an absolute blast. Like Billy Zabka is amazing. Talk about working with Billy and Vanessa, please. She's first of all, she's she's like this. You just wouldn't. I mean, she's gorgeous. She's stunning. And you would sort of expect this like air of uh, celebrity about her. But she's so down to earth. So sweet. We just sat there chatting about like life and you know, all those things. And then Billy is, so I'm super lucky because I've worked with some really cool people. I've, I spent a month working with Tom Hanks. I've worked with Ethan Hawke. And like, yes. th- then you take Billy Zadka, who I grew up with, and he was like the ultimate 80s bad boy. <laughs> and I was a little terrified. I was yeah? super scared okay. that he was going to be kind of a, kind of a dick. I, you know, I, I, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you can say whatever the heck you want on this show. Okay, cool. I was, af- I was really afraid that he was going to be kind of a, you know, he's the nicest, funniest. I'm so happy that he his, that he's got this thing because he really is, he deserves it. He's nice. He's funny. He's humble. It's really cool as an actor getting to step on set with him because he, he likes to improv. Um, That's what I heard. Yeah. 100%. And he gives you his full attention. Like you, you, he's just, the the scene really felt very much just between me and him. And he was, he was in it. Like I remember one take, we we had a hard time getting through the, the, the takes without laughing. Um, cause he's hilarious. I mean, he's super funny. (laughs) I think Christian said the same thing about working with Chris Rock in Amsterdam. (laughs) (laughs) Christian Bale had the same issue working with Chris Rock on Amsterdam. He couldn't get through a scene to make him laugh the whole time. So same yeah. thing with Billy, right? Yeah, I mean, he was made. He, he it was hilarious, and you know, there's this. You saw the scene, so you you know the whole like box of condoms, and the, you know, it was just it was really really funny. Um, and at the when I was finally wrapped, and at the end of the day, I went up and gave him a hug, and 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 said to him, I was like, you're fucking hilarious. And what felt yes. good was he looked back at me, and he was like, you're fucking hilarious. Like it yes. was just, it was just a really good. Yes. He's everything that you would want your '80s bad boy heartthrob crush to be wow okay so, wow. so were you crushing 
a little bit? No, no. We're both married. We're both okay. happy. <laughs> No. Let's save the crush. Would be. It's okay. You're not dead yet. You can still crush on him in silence. <laughs> no, Stuart. He was he was awesome. He was great. So I I was I was lucky. I was just glad to get that one because that was like I said one yeah. I haven't there haven't been a lot of roles for me on that show. So and the director yeah. was amazing too. So yes, yes. Tell us about working with the director. I know oh, Mariel. She's awesome. Um, she actually texted me after she cast me. She sent me a text and was like, I'm so excited to work with you. And I was like, awesome. Thanks for writing. You know, just, yes. she was just she's super. I've, I've been blessed recently to work with a lot of um, really amazing female directors, which, and so is my daughter. And it's as a woman being in this industry and seeing that and seeing these women come. I remember the first female director I had was not, the nicest I hate to say that this is many years ago and so now recently I've been working with these women that like they're just coming in and they're owning the sets but in such a way that it's like they're not trying to prove that they're women in this industry they just have this like strength and this artistic ability and also this like genuine nature and um she was one of those I mean it's it's beautiful to see this industry changing in that way for me personally, seeing that it's been, it's been wow. pretty cool. And she was one of them. She was one of those female directors that I was like, you're awesome. We follow each other on Instagram. She's an adorable dog. She's an advocate for so many different types of people. It's just, it was, it was a really good show to walk away from and go, wow. I, you know, was like, nope. book that. is there a chance that the pharmacist uh, could be asked back? Oh, that I don't know. It's probably much <laughs> like my character in The Walking Dead. Like at some point, which I love, which I loved. <laughs> at some we, point, it was like, were you a zombie? I think no, but I probably am now. Way. She never officially. We never saw a body. We never yeah. saw her die. Yeah, never saw her die. She's out there somewhere. I know, but she's probably a zombie. Let's be real. <laughs> she's long. <gone. laughs> now that that's Cobra Kai, which is one of my favorite fandoms. Obviously, we talked about Walking Dead last time we were on the show. Another amazing show that that I'm a fan of is Righteous Gemstones. And, oh, uh, yes. And uh, you play Ruth Gemstone. I was John you play Goodman's John Goodman's mom. mom. Little five foot two me. That's like <laughs> 112 pounds soaking wet. Ooh, and of course, there's a younger uh, younger actor playing young um, young Eli. He was great too. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually on that set when everything got shut down in the industry due to COVID. Right. So that was another one that I was like, so excited to book. First of all, Danny McBride. I, I bow down to him. He's hilarious. He's funny. <laughs> he's hilarious. He's the most unassuming person that you would ever meet yes. in your life. Um, it, it was fun. It sucked because it really was. We were we were there when everything like I got home. I traveled home after finishing. And that's when like the grocery stores were out of food. My husband's texting me like pictures of the oh, grocery wow. stores like COVID had officially sort of taken over everything. And then that night when I got wow. home, I started getting emails from HBO saying that it was. Everything was getting shut down. So that one's a bittersweet show for me because that was, you know, after that, I didn't work for. About a year, other than a lot of the work, yeah. All, yeah. all sag, all, all sag after a gig, so come to halt from tight. like March to September. I mean, still, I mean, in right work areas, I still work on Ohio on during the COVID. They still shot in Ohio. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Did we did yeah. around here? It was done, it was toast, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Uh, 
I, I saw your scene. I watched your episode today. Uh, was was uh, Danny McBride on set at all? Because I know yeah. you did a flash uh, episode. So was yeah. he? Okay, very cool. Yeah, he shows. He showed up. The director was awesome. Danny showed up and like came and introduced himself and was you know just as genuine and as again he's super unassuming. Like you kind of expect this like. I mean, think about all the stuff he's done. You kind of expect mm-hmm. this like gregarious personality to show up. Like yeah. he was really genuine and down to earth and very like very kind. That's, cool. That's one that yeah, again, I was that was another one that I was like, I'm gonna book that show. Like I'm going to they're gonna find a place for me on that. Well the like, thing I'm about a, gemstone character, um, you could probably come back, yeah, in, in yeah. future seasons of Righteous Gemstones because yeah. you're part of that family. I don't always bank on that. I, I think I told you on like Messenger or something that I um I recently worked on a show that the plan is if that goes on to season three, it's going to become a much bigger storyline, according wow. to the, like the showrunner and the, the writer and that sort of thing. And so I'm super excited, but I also don't want to like lay my head down at night and go, this is definitely going to happen. Um, I know that with season, with the latest season of... Um, gemstones righteous gemstones during covid danny mcbride rewrote most of the season like i'm lucky my stuff even made it to air because he i think spent a lot of that downtime rewriting things um Ah. i would love to go back to that show it was an amazing experience and i hey fingers crossed but yeah it's interesting because you do a 70s flashback for righteous gemstones so you go into the past Mm mm-hmm and then let's kind of segue into a Jasmine, Jasmine's Blues, where right. you're actually part of the future of that storyline. Of that storyline, but still yeah. the past. So but still it was the like past. 80s. <laughs> but still the past, right? that was was a that in the Jasmine Blues? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that was cool. That was a cool project to work on, too, because it was Tyler Perry's baby. I worked yeah. on other Tyler Perry projects. Um, and while they're all fun in their own right, like that, this movie was beautiful and it was his was. baby. And yeah, um, Tyler Perry stuff. I mean, being SAG, are we able to work on Tyler Perry stuff? He's, his stuff's all union. I, I, I heard he's not SAG. I mean, I, oh, I yeah. heard it's all, it's all union. Everything okay. I've ever done has oh, been maybe project. Okay. Yeah. I think many, many years ago, there was some question about that. But no, everything that I've done with him, it's all SAG. Okay. Um, so all like his shows that, you know, on um, like the Oval and Sisters and all these things right. that he does. But it, you shoot super fast. I mean, it's it's insane. Like I've, he'll be shooting three shows at in one at, at once, and so uh-huh. the, the, like you get a call sheet that has more scenes than you've ever. I kind of look at the call sheets and go, how is this even possible? But with Jazzman's Blues, yes, it was his baby. It was the one thing he was focused on. It was a completely different ball of wax. It was so fun being directed by him on that. Um, it, it was a cool, it was a cool story, and one of my dear dear friends had a uh, magnificent Lana Young had a magnificent role in that, and um, she was she's seen all the beauty that comes with that, and I'm super proud of her too. So, what a powerful story though, the whole. Film. I know, and that's one that's like twenty some odd years in the making. Like he's been working on that yeah. script for over twenty years, and, oh. and one that he couldn't have made earlier in his career before he was like who he is now um he couldn't have had that story made and so 
I think it, it was super special to him or is super special to him. Things work like that, work out like that all the time too. I mean, I if it wasn't ready back then or he wasn't ready to do the story, you know, back then it would have been different or not have yeah. been impactful as it is now. So if everything's he had tried to make timing. that earlier in his career, he might not yeah. have had, he wouldn't have had the money to make it and it wouldn't have been as funded and beautiful. He, he, he couldn't have told it the way he wanted or it deserved to be told. And was, so, was Tyler on set the day you shot? Oh, he was. He directed the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, he's, so he was. Oh, he's the director. Of course, he's yeah. on set. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it, it was. So he directs so much of what he does. I don't know how that man sleeps. At sure, all, he does. Right. <laughs> I, he, I, he's a vampire. I mean, yeah. seriously, I don't know. I've I've been every set that I've worked on of his. He's directed. And um, like I said, sometimes shooting multiple things at once. So you're bouncing between shows and different scenes. But this particular film was, that was all he was focused on at the time. And it was, it was a really, really cool experience. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, some of the topics include like dealing with racism during that time yeah. and, and uh, drug issues that the, the brother of the protagonist was facing, which... Sadly, ultimately, he was the reason why we, we lost uh, our, our protagonist in, in that film. Yeah. Uh, but it was just so dramatic, so powerful. Uh, it, it was a heavy, heavy film and uh, fantastic job. You're, you're playing Helen. So we go to the yep. future. And we go to the future. With my 80s hair. And... Yeah, you're a caretaker of a Leanne, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of sorts. But yeah. I'm the wife. Yeah, I'm the, the wife of um, – suddenly I'm tired and blanking on uh, – where did my mind go? So I'm not the caretaker of Leanne. There's the nurse that comes in as the ah, caretaker okay. of Leanne, but I am Leanne's son's wife. Oh, you're Leanne's son's wife. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. Good. Good. All now right. it makes sense. Now you're like. Well, now I'm like, like, okay, yeah. So two, two people taking care of, uh, and uh, yeah, you say your mother's been here for a couple hours. You know. Yeah. Listening to the same song, and of yeah. course that was that was the yeah that was the Jasmine Blues song. You know, it was. Uh, yeah. It was a very, very emotional, emotional moment in that in that particular film. So, uh, and uh, yeah, so interestingly enough, um, another period piece is Good Lord Bird, uh, and uh, yes, Paul, I wonder you... if I should mention my story on that one, but I, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> Paul, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know this story. Okay, uh, well, um, apparently they said me and the prostitutes started joking back and forth about stuff. And somebody took offense to it, so they were like, "Yeah, you better not." Did so they we let were you just, go? They let me go because, of, yeah, we were good. And it was back and forth. It wasn't just like me saying stuff inappropriate. So Wait, were like, you in the brothels? Brothel scenes? I was in a couple, yeah. Okay, so I was the, the like the madam of all the. Okay, well, I was talking to girls down from the. They were on the like a uh, uh, top of the building, and I was like young up to them, and they were young down to me. So we were going back and forth and back and forth. So. So I played Miss Abby in that, and I was like okay. the owner of the brothel and selling the slaves. I was. Like, yeah, they actually called me up and apologized, but they said, "Yeah, but because things the way things are nowadays, yeah, they said it's not good." <laughs> so sorry. I think I've worked on all this stuff. You, you, you got to stop talking to uh, to Kelly's uh, employees, you know. Yeah, don't talk to my <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> hey, I was playing a drunken cowboy, so that's what drunken cowboys I know, do. Right? So. It's true. That's true. How did you like? How did you like playing a madam, Kelly? Oh my God, that was that's honestly one of the most fulfilling ro roles of my career. I mean, uh, 
it was it was so unexpected. I think I was telling you this too. It was the most unexpected role I've ever gotten in my life. That's based on a book, you know, and 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 the character is written as this huge, intimidating woman. Um, so when I got the audition, I was kind of like, why am I? I don't know. I called one of my best friends, Katie, who's also an actress. And I was like, I just got this audition from my agent. And I'm not sure if I should like, what should I, I should do here? Because this is so not like me. I was not the type. I was so against type. I was so against type. And um, sometimes that works. Some, and sometimes it did. And for Ethan Hawke, who was really in charge of so much, I think it did. And the showrunner, it did. Um, they said that I was uh, one of the only people that auditioned and didn't smile, like didn't try and make it into a character, like make her into a character. Ah, okay. Yeah. You're and no so, nonsense. No nonsense. Yeah. No nonsense. And it's funny because I was in, I auditioned and then I left and was shooting another show in Charleston, the Outer Banks, and got yeah, a Yeah, it's another, another great show. How cool. <laughs> and, and that show's got some fans, man. That show has, like, hardcore fans. I, yeah. So I was shooting that. I got a call from my agent asking me to call the casting director because they wanted to give me a redirect, but I was not driving home till the next day. It was a whole big mess. She gave me a redirect. I was like, wow, this is something I could actually get but wasn't expecting to. I retaped it in taking on some of her direction, which was not much. It was more just like, get in there, get the job done, don't analyze. And you, you got to actually like do, you actually got to go to a film it. Like, I mean, like you had to do, a, yeah, when they had me actually get to the place and actually do my audition, uh, it was like some children's prison or something. Oh, where like the, That was probably before the pandemic when the self-tapes were. No, no, that, that's when, I don't know. Was that the case? Yeah, I, oh, no, no, no. I was I t I had my husband taped my auditions. I did them from okay. home. But I okay, yeah, so they, they made me go to the place to like do it. And that was in Richmond. It was like or outside of Richmond. It was like that children's prison, which they were using as a staging area. Oh, wow. I didn't go to any children's prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was it, was, it was an abandoned children's prison. But I, I thought that was weird that that's where the headquarters was. And they had me. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that where you went for like fittings and stuff? Yeah. I do remember that. Was that a children's prison? It was a children's prison, yes. And I thought that was so strange. Okay, I apparently didn't. Wait, we have children's prisons? What? Apparently. What the heck? <laughs> oh, my God. That. Wow. I mean, I saw some barbed wire, but I didn't think. No. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a children's prison, apparently. It was definitely a shut-down thing, and that's where they yeah. had all their fittings and stuff. But, no, I... All of my auditions are done right behind, like right in front of me, actually, just here. Like my husband will tape me or I'll have friends tape me. But I auditioned and then when they redirected me, I, you know, retaped for it, basically. So they didn't. And then they flew me out. Once I got cast, it was I was on a Tyler Perry show, another show. And yes. I got home super late at night. And then was they had me a car pick me up at 6 a.m. and flew me out to Virginia, which is where I'm from. And I got to be there for a month. And that was honestly probably one of the best shows I've ever worked on. I loved yeah. every second of it. I got to be this badass and I'm never cast as the badass. Yes. I love that. You know, Outsiders, because I was on that show, too. Uh, I, I was part of the family. I worked on Outsiders. Yeah, I, I was part of the fam Feral family. So. Oh, that's awesome. So I was, I was in two episodes and I was married to one of the... Um, not feral family. Okay. <laughs> I was married to like one of the the, one of the county people. 
Yeah, it was yes, and so yeah, it was that was a fun show too. So so Kelly, tell us uh, about uh, so I know you're you're involved with some crazy projects that you can't talk about yet. Is yeah. that what you guys told me? Yeah, I mean, do you want me to talk about the projects I can't talk about yet? Well, yeah, I don't know because I'm wondering because in Atlanta they shoot a lot of Marvel, and I was wondering if no. you're going to be working on anything in the fandom. Uh, no, <laughs> because I'm such a big Marvel and DC and comic book fan, and I'm wondering I know, if and I've. If, um, have, have you tried? Have you auditioned for anything in that? In that? Uh, I have, that and realm? it hasn't quite worked yet. Did you see DMZ at all? When that? Oh yes, DMZ. my daughter was in that. Oh wow, that yeah. is so cool. That, my daughter that's based was in the, the pilot novel, of Vertigo. Yeah. I've auditioned for some things, and those auditions are tough because sometimes they're very like they they give you dummy scripts. You don't always get to yeah. you know see all the stuff. But no, not not yet. Fingers crossed. Okay. No, I worked on a couple of series that have uh, the the seasons aren't even out yet, and so it's like I'm nervous to talk about too too much. I worked on um one called Heels, which is on, on the Stars Network. I won't divulge much about my character. Super fun. Um, Loved Heels, by the way. We we're, were wrestling fans, myself and oh, Paul. Oh really? I, I caught season one. You're gonna be in season two? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a really fun oh. one. Yeah, the show I just wrapped. I won't even give the t- name of that because it's so yeah. fresh and so new, and I don't want anybody to like sue me. Okay, but that no, was that's... another one. It's like, it's like, please don't come after me. I'm just. <laughs> um, that was one that I was a very different version of myself, and so and it's oh, it's, cool. it's rare. I mean, women in this, you know, you, of course, you everybody gets typecast, but um, I got to play somebody very different and wear lots cool. of leather. And that's what's great. Oh, lots of leather. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> I'm really naughty for a second. <laughs> and it wasn't a naughty. I didn't get. It's not too crazy. My husband's still proud. My daughter would still. Well, my daughter won't be allowed to watch it, but yeah. But it was have still you, a really fun, fun role. Have, that have you done anything very risque in your acting career? Or not yet? Or is it a, uh, not yet? I mean, I'm not getting any younger. I don't know what you got on the line for me here, Al. But <laughs> Jesus. Um, you know, no, I have not. However, I did one film years ago, which is crazy. It was about jazz musician Buddy Bolden. I, I can't even think of the name of it. It was like the first big SAG project I ever auditioned for and booked. Um, and I was super excited. <laughs> and thank God this movie still, to my knowledge, has not seen the light of day because now like they've had they went into recasting like they waited so long to do edits they right. then had to recast the um the main role of the main actor which my scenes were with and I, my boobs were shown in that <laughs> well but there I, you go but i was maybe <laughs> like i was in my 30s then and now it's like now now i'm glad that I'm, anyway i'm just I, it's fine i'm like now i sit there and go i was Sort of, and it wasn't it wasn't a super intense role or anything like that. But there was sure. like it was me and the lead actor, and there was an intimate scene, and it wasn't super crazy. But yes, there was boobage. And now I look back and I'm like, sweet, that movie never really made it, and it's I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> now years okay. later, like, I have a kid. I, I dodged yeah. that bullet. <laughs> I really feel that way. Is that ter- and I, I'd be fine. Like I'm pretty self confident and assured. But yeah, like. Looking at my daughter and having a daughter in the business now, I'm kind of right. going, okay, cool. <laughs> don't, 
<laughs> I love that. Now I'm well, going to be on like TMZ at some point or I don't know. Well, I, at least I know what's to put on my watch list now. <laughs> What well, is the name of that project? Buddy <laughs> Bolden. Yes. <laughs> Kelly, this has been fantastic. Thank wow. You. Thank you so much for talking with us here on Below the Belt Show. And if you could close by a promo, let us know who you are. Throw out Cobra Kai, Good Lord Bird, Jasmine Blues, whatever. And oh, you want me to say things about myself, like stuff I've done? Yeah, like at a promo. Oh, and then at the and at the end, you're saying you're on Below the Belt show and maybe throw out a, I don't know, Cobra Kai catchphrase or something fun. I don't know, whatever you want at the Condoms. end. Condoms? <laughs> yes. Throw your of- Cobra Kai, yes. Because Below the Belt is about condoms. So, yeah, go ahead. Oh, my gosh, I don't like talking about myself. I am Kelly Davis. I've been on The Good Lord Bird, Cobra Kai. Um, what else have I been on? Walking Dead. Blues. Oh, Jasmine. <laughs> like, I didn't think about it. Jasmine's Blues. I've got a bunch of other stuff coming out. I am on the Below the Belt show with my old friend Al. Condoms. I don't know what else to say. I don't, what do you want me to say? <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. I love it how it is. Let's do a photo <laughs> Really? On the count of one, two, three, smile. There it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys all look cute. Lovely, and thank you so much for, for oh, joining us. Oh, thank you guys so much. When Heels on Stars comes out, yeah. we'd love to have you back to talk about it. I would most happily come back, and um, I'll let you know the other one when I feel comfortable. Exactly. We'll do two for one like we did yeah, tonight. you got to see so the you leather. Go. you got to see all the leather. I all wore. the leather. All <laughs> the leather. Kelly Davis and leather. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to I'm a guy, so I don't want to be <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, oh, Kelly. Thank, thank you guys so much. Yeah. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye. Kelly Davis, the wonderful, the talented. Uh, second time here on Below the Belt Show. Wow, that was pretty awesome. All right. So uh, so let's go. Let's, let's focus back on the other Kelly for a second, because I actually uh, had a question, uh, a NASA type of question. Um, oh, I hope I can answer. Are, God, there's so much NASA stuff. I don't know. Are we alone out there? And if we are not alone out there, where are other beings, senti- uh, any sentient beings, anything, any life forms? Where would they be? Well, it's a really big universe. Um, I've been asked this a lot on a lot yeah. in, in a lot of different capacities. Um, there's a lot of different trains of thought. Um, there's philosophical ones, there's religious ones, there's scientific ones. Um, my personal thoughts about it uh, is it's such a large universe and there are so many stars and there are so many galaxies that we can't even comprehend yet. I mean, yeah, we see all these little teeny pinpoints of lights, you know, from the beautiful new James Webb Space Telescope images and Hubble. The idea that we are the only type of life form in the entire universe seems kind of small minded. Um, there, there have to be others out there. Um, in what capacity, in what form they are, it's anybody's guess. They could, there could be life forms out there that we can't even comprehend yet because of the way they're structured. They could be completely, you know, silica-based, or you know, because we're, you know, we're we're carbon, we're water, we're you know, right. oxygen, that kind of stuff too, right? So we only know really one way of thinking of what an 
organism is or what a life form is. And there are also various ways to define what a life form is. I mean, there there could be more intelligent life than what we are who are further advanced. And there could be just little teeny amoeba, which is one of the reasons why we're trying to study, you know, asteroids so much. Um, NASA had the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft go to the um, asteroid um, Bennu and take a sample. And that sample is going to be coming back to us uh, 2023, 2024, I think. And uh, um, Japan has already brought back some samples from a different asteroid, Riguru. And, you know, you can learn a lot from asteroids that are, you know, flying around in space. So that's why we're spending a lot of time, NASA is spending a lot of time um, studying those. And those asteroids are might not necessarily be from our solar system, right? They could be correct. beyond. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the ones, the the, the asteroid that we just hit on uh, Monday, um, that has been around since the formation of our own Milky Way galaxy. That's how oh old that. Oh my goodness gracious! Right. Wow. So, and what's That's also good. exciting about that? Yes. Yeah, so we smacked it pretty good <laughs> on Monday, and you know there was a bunch of ejecta that you know got blown off of it. So NASA actually has another um, uh, mission, another spacecraft that's going to be traveling to that same asteroid, and it's going to be taking a bunch of readings and look at the crater that we left behind because, you know, you won't be able to see it because spacecraft is destroyed, right? So I personally think that there are other forms of life out in the universe, and what form those forms are is anybody's guess. Um, There could be really intelligent life out there that's that knows we're here and they're all like <laughs> why do we even need to bother to go and talk to them right let them <laughs> let them do their thing wow and then when they get more advanced yeah maybe we'll contact them or there could be other forms of life that are less advanced than us and they have no way of communicating it right yeah they could be but in I, the dinosaur age as, on their as, planet, a, as a right? fan of sci-fi i i truly hope so but i, I hope they would be benevolent uh, life forms and nothing that would want to be be destructive uh, to anything on Earth. So that, that's <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was so cool, Kelly. Wow. I love I love uh, this kind of talk uh, here on BTB. Yeah. But uh, we're going to talk about some stuff going on in entertainment because, Kelly, you also are an actress, right? I am. That's right. I wear yes. many hats. <laughs> yes. And you have a film with our good buddy Art Hall from That Was Disappointing called Gap Weekends. And I got a sneak peek. I got a sneak peek. Of- How did you see a sneak peek of it? I'm curious. Uh, you know. You know people, huh? Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have gotten access for friends and family, let's just say, because mm. I actually auditioned for one of Todd's projects. And uh, Did you? That, oh, cool. that particular, yeah, Todd, uh, the director of Gap Weekend, and uh, he didn't end up. He, he loved my audition, which thank you. Thank you, Todd, for loving my audition. But he said that they ended up going, uh, they ended up proceeding with a different project because they didn't, there was some logistical stuff with the, the other project that had a bigger cast and more locations. And they went with another more uh, self-contained project in one location in a smaller mm-hmm. cast. And yeah. that's what happened. But uh, I, I hope, I hope I'm in his Rolodex because uh, now, um, do you have the notes on uh, where, where people, I think, mostly on the west coast can catch gap weekend you have that in uh yes uh this coming friday uh that's the glendale international film festival so it's at the lemley in glendale and um tickets are on sale for that the the showing is at 7 50 p.m 
And on Sunday, this coming Sunday, which is what, October 2nd, it's going to be at the um, Sinine Film Festival, and that's in North Hollywood. And that's, I think it starts at four o'clock and tickets are available for that as well. Oh, great. And eventually I'm hoping streaming, maybe maybe on some of the streaming platforms? I think so. I think once, I think a lot of festival rules are, you know, you can't have it globally right until it shows exactly. in the film festival, right? So, <laughs> so at some point, I, I, I believe Todd is um, going to be putting it online for everybody to see it. Fantastic film. Yeah. You did great in your scene. Um, can you talk about your character? If I remember, we shot it so long ago and we oh, shot okay. it twice. We <laughs> shot it once in one location and then yeah. we did a bunch of reshoots and we couldn't shoot at that original location. So we had to shoot again. Okay. And that was the reshoots were in 2019 before oh. the pandemic. So not to spoil too much about the film, but um, as you said, our friend Art, he's the lead in it and he goes through a really bad breakup. And uh, a lot of people in Europe, what what students go through once they graduate, what they consider high, we consider high school is a gap year. So they'll spend a whole year traveling around before they go off to study, you know, their, right. with their, with their what they want to do for their career. So the, the idea of this film is a gap weekend. So he's trying to get over this big breakup. And what he does is he puts an ad out on those dating apps. And what he wants to do is he wants to pretend to be like a real life couple with somebody just for a weekend and, you know, just throw caution to the wind and <laughs> have this experience. Yeah. And I believe I might be somebody that go, like we, you know, we meet after, you know, we respond to each other's ad on, yes. that, on the app. And so we have our date conversation. Yeah, so yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I recall, I, I recall exactly what you said, but, but let's leave it up for the audiences uh, in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area, at uh, uh, the Glendale, Glendale yeah, and of course, uh, hopefully, we'll talk about when uh, Gap Weekend will be available on demand. So, I'm so excited. I, I, I've, I had to take a step away from acting for a little bit, but you know, Hollywood's not going anywhere. So it's really nice <laughs> to have this come around at this particular time and. Uh, yeah, because I'm actually, you know, jumping back in with with both feet. So um, yes, I love hearing off. that. I love yeah. hearing that. Yeah, so I've had friends that moved to LA from the East Coast and they left the industry. They got into other careers. So yeah, it happens. You know, life happens, happens. and uh, happens. you know, people yeah. things change. So uh, I, it's my it's one of my ultimate passions. So it's like I will Absolutely. I will never not do something yes. at some point ever. All right. So now let's talk about here on BTV some stuff going on in the worlds of entertainment in Hollywood. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, Benjamin Joel, Marilyn's own. The Hollywood news theme. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's talk about, first of all, the box office. They're saying this has been one of the weakest box office in decades. Um, and uh, the slump, um, well, you know, they had some, you know, they great films. Out there too. They had great films, but it just didn't really, um, didn't really impress overall when it came to dollars. And that film was Don't Worry Darling. That was the number one movie at the box office with 19.2 million. Um, I saw the film and I think I can I can talk about it now. Um it was fantastic. It was, was fantastic. It? Yes. The 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 it's oh my god, it when you watch the trailer initially you don't exactly know what what, what happens. Like it, but it, uh, the trailer looked awful. 
I mean, I, I, the I, trailer looked like awful to you, really. Well, but the trailer is is kind of um, suspenseful, right? Like yeah, it's a, generic well, movie. Well, no, no, it's a suspenseful, but you don't, you don't. It's not comprehensive, I don't think. Um, it, it, it's so so. What they do in this film, uh, when the twist happens, I guess that's a little bit of a spoiler, but yeah, a twist does happen, but I'm not gonna allude to what the twist is. Um, it it just makes it that much more exciting, and uh, the twist is wild, guys, and it's it's a great film. The performances were great. Harry Styles continually um, impressing um, me with his acting ability, um, considering you know he. You know, started out as a singer, you know, and just yeah, kind of now. Boy band, yeah. Yeah, with One mm-hmm. Direction, you know. I know you're a One Direction fan, right, Kelly? I didn't even know who that was for the longest time. I was like, yeah. who? <laughs> One Direction, what? Which direction? Chris Pine, uh, Gemma Chan, um, of course, Florence Pugh. Uh, fantastic. And of course, despite the drama behind the scenes with yes. Olivia Wilde and Florence and then Shia LaBeouf, who supposedly was initially cast in Harry Styles' lead role um uh yeah there was controversy with that as well but nonetheless it's definitely a film worth checking out um the woman king dropped to number two and i have yet to see this film but i really want to um me too me too yeah um viola davis fantastic fantastic actress um and the problem with the king controversy with that was there controversy with the woman king? There is a lot of controversy with woman king because of what it's about. It's about an African queen who used to kidnap all their slaves and sold them into slavery to the English. That, that's what it's about. And they kind of glossed over the fact that's why people are kind of pissed at that movie. I mean, probably would have won awards, but I mean, that's not a very good subject matter. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, that, 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 that's where. That, that, that's and, where and, now, is it fictional or non-fictional? No, it's based. It's based on a real story. It's based that's on actual I, events, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so, that, that so the thing is that when 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 something's based on actual events, you kind of have to forego that controversy, in my opinion, because you're. I mean, look at like Good Lord Bird and Jasmine Blues. I mean, these are based on, you know, somewhat um, uh, factual events that happened during that time, you know, and um, a lot of it would be, you know. The slavery would be the subject of it, you know. It's not. Yes. But, I mean, as I said, they glossed over yeah. and that kind of people off, and I think that that might cost them awards and other. I mean, it probably would have had really good. Yeah. I guess it wasn't for all that controversy with the, Also, with the if there's controversy around it, there it also um, coming into award season. It's also good how, how good the PR machine is around that. Whether they're gonna right. squash the negativity around it to let the performances shine or if that's I mean, gonna if it's a specific demographic that's doing that it's gonna die out. I mean there's a lot yeah. involved with that. Yeah. Third place is James Cameron's Avatar <laughs> two thousand nine film. He re released oh, it in theaters. He re released it in theaters and it's number three. Uh in preparation for the long awaited sequel that's gonna hit uh yeah at the finally. <laughs> is it is it coming out Christmas? Uh, it's coming out, yes, Christmas. That's right. Oh, okay. December. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then Barbarian and Pearl. Um, um, yeah, those are the, the fourth and fifth movie, respectively. Mm. But let's talk about what's coming up soon that could yes. be uh, in contention for the box office. So one is Halloween Ends, which the thing is that they're doing a, a release on theaters and on Peacock, so it will affect the box office, I'm sure. Yeah. But 
I'm I'm really looking forward to this uh, third chapter in in this um, because I've really enjoyed the first two Halloween films, and Jamie Lee Curtis is back, and uh, this is the final battle with Mike Myers, and uh, she's quoted quoted as saying in the trailer, "He killed my daughter, but tonight I will kill him." Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm really uh, looking forward to this one. Um, she also yes, says in the trailer. You know. I don't think there ever is a final chapter because I mean you had Halloween Kill where she no you had a Halloween movie where she killed him before and he just came back. I think this is going to be it, Paul. And my and if I were to make a prediction, I think there will be another actor to portray a Mike Myers type in the future. But this, this right. particular Michael Myers, not Mike Myers. Okay, <laughs> this Michael Myers though is Mike the Myers. same character from the original Halloween movies, and um. She had it would just not be satisfying if he doesn't if he doesn't die in the film. Mm-hmm. So my prediction is that he this character as we know him as Michael Myers will die whether there's a future Michael Myers Jr. or someone that you know uh, you know worships you know the the OG Michael Myers could come. Oh, and then start doing killing himself. Yeah, yeah, right. He killed his daughter, guys. You know, it's like it's like it doesn't get any more. You know, you, you need you need that satisfaction, you need that payoff. So I, I really at think at some point, right? Right. So I think it's going to happen in this third film. And uh, yeah, Halloween movies are, are the big thing right now. Horror movies, especially around the fall. Uh, Smile is another one that looked really awesome. Mm. They actually shot in Pittsburgh, uh, Paul. Um, I believe, right? Didn't they shoot in Pittsburgh? I'm from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Smile is with Sosie Bacon, who is Kevin Bacon's daughter. Mm. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, she plays Dr. Rose Carter, a, a therapist who's speaking to a woman who sounds uh, like her soul went to hell and never made it back. Oh, wow. And uh, and she sees uh, a spirit or something that reveals itself in people's faces. Uh, she can feel it lurking. Um, the spirit's signature is a face that will stare back at her with an evil smile. So, uh, interesting. Yes, very, very interesting uh, mm-hmm. film. Um, the trailer is bananas. Um, it's some really uh, jump, jump moments. Um, and uh, that's a big one. And I alluded a little earlier to Amsterdam, another big movie coming out. David O. Russell's film with Christian Bale, Chris Rock, my favorite, Margot Robbie. Um, and uh, yeah, yes, I, I was that. mentioning earlier that Christian Bale uh, said said that Chris is so bloody funny that it prevented him from getting into character. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he just said he couldn't act. He was laughing at Chris, so I had to go to him. Mike, I love talking to you. We have mutual friends, but I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he had to separate himself from Chris in between takes to. to uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that looks yeah. good. Yeah, I want to see that. I mean, on paper, it sounds amazing. The cast sounds amazing. The director, although he had some indiscretions, um, is is well, you know, well lauded uh, for his work. That is, but uh, one thing is that some of the critics uh, weren't weren't um, too sold on it. Um, mm. They called it an unruly ensemble comedy. Mm. Um, and um, a lot of it. Not what critics lot... critics like stuff that normal people hate. And yeah, vice versa. True. And vice versa, yeah. the audience. I always like to go to the audience score. But when this this particular mm-hmm. uh, this particular cr- uh, critic said, "What the hell is happening?" For the better part of 134 minutes. 
So instead of wondering which parts were true and which ones were invented, uh, um, it was more mm. just ambiguity. What's going on? No clue. Ooh, that might that might irritate me, but I'll, yeah. I'll leave judgment until I see it. Right. We have to. Yeah, we'll have to wait till we properly assess it oh. and watch it. So. So that's uh, number one. I'm listening to all the stuff coming up. Uh, number two is all the Marvel news. So we're Marvel fans here. Yes. All right. So Ooh, the run. Gosh, man, Al, do you know what? I'm not a Marvel fan anymore. Ah, come on. See, see the know, you, Paul. I'm not going to know because I'm telling you, I'm not going to work on anything Disney ever. I know. I, I have to boycott them because I mean, medically, I cannot get vaccinated, and they're like, ban- they're banning people still, and it's like I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to work for any companies that, that ban anybody right now. For the COVID vaccine, because it's just I, I I get it, Paul, but it's still going on. They're they're expanding right, well, it for another session, which is just so they're going to expand. Right, well, this is neither here nor there, Paul. So first of all, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, runtime, ready, two hours and forty one minutes. Oh yeah, Good God, it's twenty six minutes longer than the first Black Panther, which was two hours and fifteen minutes. Um, so, um, yeah, so they just released the, uh, runtime. So be prepared to possibly take a bathroom break if you Yeah, I made it all the way through Endgame without a bathroom break. And that was three hours and that was a three hour movie, right? I think everybody was prepared because we heard it was going to be three hours that like, I stopped drinking any fluids at like noon because the night I saw it, because I'm like, not leaving this theater. I mean, it's over. They're such great the directors, the Russo brothers. I work with them out on Cherry up in uh, Ohio. They nice. I mean, really down to earth. They're like really on the ball of what they want. And it's it okay. come quick right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. This is gonna hit theaters in November. Okay. And um they're just um they're describing um a little more in this article about the first mutant in MCU, which is Namor. Namor is Revealed as a mutant, also a villain, because in the comic books, Namor is a hero, if I recall, right? Yeah, he, well, no, he started as a villain. For the he started Fantastic. as a villain? Okay, very well, good. But then again, he started the Fantastic Four. They should have jumped on that way instead of having him on. Okay. Well, um, so yeah, uh, it's, he's played by Tena Cuerta, who plays, uh, yes, he plays um, Namor in the film. And of course, they did talk about Miss Marvel in the Disney Plus series as being the first mutant, I guess, for the series. So those are the first two mutants. And I guess you really can't con- consider Professor X because he was in a, a multiverse timeline. So, um, yeah, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, we do, we do surprise. All right. So, but that's not the biggest Marvel news right. that was released this week. The, the, the biggest Marvel news uh, that we love hearing about is... Hugh Jackman is coming out of retirement as Wolverine. He will be returning in his iconic role in Deadpool 3. Yes. Ryan Reynolds announced that the film will open September 6, 2024. And, uh, you know, Jackman's been playing Wolverine for over 20 years. Since Wolverine, since X-Men, the first X-Men movie in 2000. And you know what? He wasn't even the first choice. And he wasn't even the first choice. That's crazy. That's right. And one may ask, how is he being brought back? Well, as you know, he died in Logan. That movie took place in 2029. So according to that, 
uh, they will not be undoing the death that happened in Logan. This is going to be the same Hugh Jackman um, version of of Wolverine. And because the movie is coming out in 2024, this will be, you know, Real five, years, five years before that happens. So I guess they're they're they're. I guess they're also admitting that that Logan film is canon too in the MCU. Yeah, I guess. they're not going to reverse it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really exciting, and I love when things tie in because mm-hmm. I like my things to make sense. You know, when I'm watching my superhero films. And- Me too. Oh my god, if it doesn't. I get so irritated. Yeah, right. Um, you want everything to make sense, and, and you yeah, know, but that's why the time machine he could undo anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, and of course now. Not only that, but also the whole multiverse aspect, you know, the the possibilities are endless and, you know, it's just a way for things to make more sense. And, you know, we got Daredevil coming back. You know, if you saw that recent episode of She-Hulk, they saw that the um, the tailor for the superheroes was working on a new uh, Daredevil uh, costume. So that was yep. really cool. You saw that? I did. Very, wasn't a good stuff? In a little yeah. hat box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Been really enjoying She-Hulk too. It's been a fun show. Yeah, um, I really, I really, uh, I've really been enjoying it as well too. And now I'm a huge, I have a huge crush on, you know, Tatiana. Yeah. And I'm like, where can I watch Orphan Black? Where can I watch it? You got a girl crush on her. Yeah. Oh my god, she's so. Oh and you're god, wondering how is she having dating problems? She's, <laughs> you know, but she's got, she's got dating problems. She's that's that's really all about her trying to find her man. And uh, aren't we all? <laughs> Not me. Not, uh, not, not, not the guys on the panel, but maybe some other guys, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess Ryan Reynolds announced in a video that uh, he couldn't come up with anything to make Deadpool's official entrance into the MCU stand out, except asking, "Hey, Hugh, you want to play Wolverine one more time?" And then. Hugh Jackman walks down the hall in the background. Yeah, sure, Ryan. And then that's that's where it all began. So it was it was such a it was hey. such a brilliant Ryan Reynolds marketing video. It was yes. perfect. <laughs> As always. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, I mean now with Deadpool and Wolverine being brought into the MCU, the question still lingers, what about the other X-Men, the other actors that played X-Men characters? Because you have fantastic actors that played those X-Men characters, I'm curious what they're going to do with them. Are they just going to, you know, recast? Or are they going to bring any of those people back? You know, we don't know. We don't know. We just have to... Back, uh, you have to bring back Xavier. Well, Professor Xavier did kind of make a return in, in the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So, uh, whether they might do um, yeah. a, a younger one that they could bring back, um, remind me of the actor's name, that um, James McAvoy. Yes, who played the uh, um, younger version? Yeah, yeah, younger version. Who did a fantastic job, by the way. Yeah. Um, and some of those actors just nailed those characters fantastically. And I would love for them to be brought back. You know, now that it's under MCU, why not just keep some of the same actors? You know, I don't know. We'll just have and to the wait. And the right age now to play uh, Rogue. So. Who's the right age? And the Paquin, because she was too young when she played Rogue before, but now she's probably the okay. right age. Yeah, we'd love to see uh, Anna Paquin back in, in MCU as, as as Rogue. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Now, who do you, who which actress do you want to see moving forward play? You know who I'm going to ask, right? No, no, go go for it, go for it. Do you want um, Vanky Jansen back? 
Oh. Or do you want Sansa Stark? Right. Yes. That, that's a tough one because, yeah, that's the older and younger version of Jean Grey, right? right? Mm-hmm. So which one are they going to go with? Are they just going to cast, oh. cast a brand new person? See, that's the thing. I mean, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, so obviously anything would attach to Game of Thrones is great. And I, I've met Sophie Turner. She's amazing. I, I would love to see her uh, reprise her role, but then you know she, you know, Papa Jansen is an OG, you know, uh, and she. I did loved a great her take job. on it too. She was yeah, just... she did a great job on that too. I mean, mm. I'd say bring them both back as multiverse Jean Greys. I don't know. I mean, there you go. yeah, um, one one that I think should definitely be brought back because she's she's kind of like the hot actress right now is Anya Taylor's Joy's Magic, who we saw in the New Mutants movie, which a lot of people maybe missed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a decent movie. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, it was. Know. It was a great movie. I thought it was great. It was underrated, in my opinion. It was the only. Films, they just kind of pushing it back, pushing it back, and then they finally released it. It was the only. Fantasy. It was the only Marvel movie uh, released in 2020. It was the only one, and it wasn't wow. even officially MCU. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that would be great. Um, I got some news on Blade. So uh, director Basam Tarek Tarek uh, has uh, dropped out of the project. He will no longer direct. <gasps> Really? Yeah, due to continued shifts in the production schedule. But Sam is no longer moving forward as a director, but he will remain an executive producer. I guess he's got conflicting projects. That'll be my guess. Mm, He said it's been an honor working with the wonderful uh, folks at Marvel. We were able to put together a killer cast and crew. Eager to see where the next director takes the film. Now, um, they were actually just about to start production in November. Um, (sighs) Oh. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, now they're gonna find a new director. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I you know. doubt November is gonna be a start time then. Yeah, at a yeah. one year um, production and released in November 2023. It's like shooting now and then. That's yeah, a lot. I had to turn it down. I mean, I can't. As I said, I'm not allowed to work on it because. Of... Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, that would be cool. So. Uh, all right. So. DC's got a couple news bits. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, we are going to be playing an exclusive interview next week uh, of Cholo Maraduenu, who's Miguel from Cobra Kai, and he's the new Blue Beetle. So that's something to look forward to next week, guys. Um, but yes, um, Blue Beetle will not suffer the same fate as Batgirl. Um, so basically mm-hmm. the film has full support and um apparently there was an interview with a guy that shares the same name as me the director angel manuel soto uh and he said he said i'm not gonna lie there was concern anger fear uh they told me not to worry the film has their full support so obviously with what happened with batgirl batgirl got shelved and that had a lead latina superhero you know in I don't that, think it's a baseball thing at all. I think it's just yeah. Just, it was just the fact that it wasn't an impressive film. It, it wasn't very good. I heard it just wasn't that good. They didn't want to, you know. It just so happens that, sadly, the lead is a, a Latin, Latin yeah. ascent. Yeah, uh, they need to stop doing that. I mean, I, don't, I think they should just hire the best people, not based on race, not based on sex, just a person from Dumball, and just well, make you know, not make it about the race, the sex, the whatever. The more you do that, the more you're hurting the whole business. And I mean, so it depends. So like with the Blue Beetle character. Um, it's like I said, the more you keep doing that, the more you're just going to hurt everything. The Blue, Beetle, 
the blue belt character in particular. I, I agree with him. He's he's eight. He's a he he is of. Uh, he has a Latin descent. See, he's one of the iterations of Blue Beetle named Jaime Reyes. Yeah, you're staying problem. true. You're staying true to the to the source yeah. material. Well, no, I'm just saying that the, like I'm talking about the Batgirl thing. It's like the Batgirl, I guess, in the comic books and the source material. She, yeah, she has never been of Latin descent. No, that's no, because she, she's Batgirl is actually uh, Jim Gordon's daughter. So it's like yeah, that's Commissioner Gordon. So, but you know, they've been they've been you know casting different commissioner gordons and and the most recent the batman movie commissioner gordon was played by jeffrey wright you know yeah but uh, yeah but in this yeah but the thing is her dad would have been what's his name uh the guy jay J. jonah jameson jay jonah jameson's um what's his name well that's the, now we're going to spider-man that's a different unit no <laughs> different no the actor who played jay jonah jameson was commissioner oh gordon. the actor that played is him. A, it just wouldn't. I don't know. Just, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but Leslie Grace, she actually who played who played Batgirl in the recent. I mean, DC. She might have done a good job, but as I said, just make her a new character. It's like why does mm-hmm. maybe like have another Bat Batwoman have a Bat something? But you just. Trade I understand. People. I understand. Like so, like Mike Gordon, like Clark Kent Superman, which makes sense. He should be like a new Superman, not Clark Kent. There's probably more people from. A lot of uh, people for Krypton, yeah, but who only two survived, according to the comic book. Well, I mean, yeah, but you don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they, could have, they, they could have escaped to another galaxy, of course. Um, but yeah, Leslie Grace, who played Batgirl in the scrap film, she actually posted a 15-second video uh, with the Bat- Batgirl makeup on, clips of her practicing her fight scenes and stunts, goofing around set, and... Uh, Saying querida familia, um, you know, and basically said she's proud of the love and the hard work and intention of all the incredible cast and crew <laughs> over the seven months in Scotland. They actually shot in Scotland of all places. Yeah. Did they really? Wow. Yeah. Dang. Um, and yeah, that's, it's a shame because you know it's the Bad Boys for Life directors, uh, Adil El Arbib and Bilal Fala, are the mm-hmm. two directors uh, that were attached to that film. So. Yeah, Michael Keaton was in it too. And Michael Keaton was in it too. That OG what film Batman. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I wanted to see that. You know what? Me too. Dude, if it's not impressive, just put it on HBO Max. People, yeah, that's what it. I was thinking too. You already shot don't it. Watch it. Well, I don't uh, think they watch it. They, they still had a little bit of post production and spend money off, but like that's a thing. I mean, it's shot, it's done, and they, they've they've gone so far already, and it's a, it's a shame, you know. Yeah, I agree. Dude, didn't Batman come to get anything? Because, I mean, they took him out of Aquaman, too, because Aquaman got... No, 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 hold on, no. They, didn't take, they haven't taken out Aquaman yet. They're still trying to figure that part out. Oh, I thought they did. I thought they I thought they brought... No. Like well, I mean, he's supposed to make an appearance in Flash and also Batman. He'll, he'll be in Flash, but, I mean, I think that because Flash is taking place after Aquaman, Aquaman is going to switch the Batman's back out again, so it's going to be after Aquaman. I have not heard that. I, I did too. Yeah. I know I heard Affleck was back as Batman. I think in Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Affleck, yes, but yes. I, yes. So they re- they refilmed the, the, the but they filmed it with Keaton, so they had to take all Keaton scenes out and flip it around because uh, originally it was the Aquaman okay. after Flash because all problems with Flash. Okay. It's a mess in DC right now. They, oh they that's what see that's why DC needs like a Kevin Feige type. And they've been trying. Hope, They're hoping this hope. new guy is. Yeah, they 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 had. I, I don't mind. mind. Snyder did a good job. I mean, Snyder just he had his, had an issue Snyder, with it. 
I think it's nice. Snyder's still director at the end of the day. They need a, a Feige who's not going to be behind the, you know, behind the camera of the Video Village. They need someone as a businessman, and who knows the uh, the fandom and is very smart, like a Kevin Feige, to oversee everything. If they even pick a Zack Snyder, you know, he's not going to be directing as much. You well, know? Like maybe a David Johns or a Jim Lee, somebody like that. They could pick somebody from DC Comics. That 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 would probably be, you know, a smart bet. But who has that experience, you know? Of, you know, writing comics and overseeing a franchise, two different things. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I mean, Kevin Feige's a unicorn. He is a unicorn. What he has done with the MCU. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, right? Actually, like, you know, have the, the overall vision with this many characters. Yep. And for what, 10, 10 plus years? How many, how yes. many movies? 20 plus movies? They, they, they wove everything together. Yeah. So you then with, ended with Endgame, at least that, that phase. Yes, right? that phase. So comprehensive. And it all just fit together. Yeah. There are little bits and things in here that we could all, you know, pick apart. But just to, I, I don't know if, who knows if DC even had that concept. I, I don't know what they were trying. I think they just said, here, Zach, go ahead, do your vision. And, and I think that was as far as they, they planned. Yep, that's why I have three Batman. That's why I have three Jokers, three Harley Quinns. <laughs> it's like, two Suicide Squad movies. I mean. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. It's all over the place. Two Justice League movies now. I know. Two iterations of the Justice League. Uh, <laughs> well, the Zack Snyder cut would be considered the second one. Yeah. Well, that was that was the bad. That was the real one. I mean. I enjoyed it, you know. Some there's some people criticize, criticizing it, but you know, I look at it as a six episode series because you know, they did those really smart, uh, you know, uh, divisions within the movie at, at, at a proper point for part one, part two, part three, and so yeah. so so right. forth, which I thought was great. I think it should have been released as a series. I think it would have been really cool. Mm. Um, all right, number four. Uh, so Paramount announced that's move removing the Star Trek film from its release date on December 22nd, 2023. And this is because Adam Shankman has dropped out of it. No surprise there. He has to now direct Fantastic Four for Marvel. So obviously can't do both. So that's obviously going to cause that one to shift. Um, I'm looking forward to the another film in that Star Trek universe um, as Me a too. fan of the movies. Yeah, I mean, I was Stein, too. Yeah. Quinto. Uh, I thought they really had a great, put a really great cast together. I don't think any, any one of those uh, actors was like, you know, a dead weight. They all just were so charismatic and what they, what, how they turned those characters that people already knew and made it their own and freshened. I just was, yeah. Yeah. I loved it as well. And of course we also lost Anton Yelchin, which is very, very painful. painful. So, so, so sad. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, films in production. And number five of my list includes a film with Al Pacino and Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things. So it's a, a drama called Billy Knight. Uh, follows grad school students Alex and Emily as they traverse their aspiring careers as filmmakers. Okay. Uh, it's a film about filmmakers. It should be. I mean, it's Al Pacino, guys. I mean, come on, right? <laughs> he's not gonna want to tune into something with Pacino. I mean, Charlie Heaton's a little bit of a wild horse sometimes, you know, because of yeah. his uh, partying ways. His, uh, you know, actually, I want to see a movie with in person. Uh-huh. He's quite the partier. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen him. <laughs> um, 
Let's see. We also have a movie, which is number six on my list. Robin Wright and Tom Hanks in a movie called Here, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. All right. So this is a big film. And they just announced Paul Bettany will be joining the film. And it's based on Richard McGuire's graphic novel that tells the story of a journey through time and memory. Okay. Is that the second time now they work together? Because weren't they on the fourth count? Yes, that that's good trivia, man. This is Jenny. and Paul Bettany and uh, Tom Hanks worked in um, uh, the Dan Brown. There you go. Devils and Angel. Devil. No, the first one. The, the first one. one. Oh, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code, yes. So there you go. A little bit of Da Vinci Code, a little bit of uh, Forrest Gump, you know, and then you got yourself a good film right here. I think, I I bet you audiences are going to be really excited to see, you know, Robin Wright and um, Tom Hanks team up again. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think it's just going to bring back a lot of cool memories, you know. Did you ever see her direct? Have I seen her direct? Uh... She, she directed some of the episodes of House of Cards and she, she was like right House on the card. That's right. She also did um, a film that was in Sundance and I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it, but uh, yeah, Robin. I saw that. It was really good. Yes. What was the title? She is fan- she is fantastic. Robin's very, very talented and very nice. Mm-hmm. I chatted with her at the House of Cards rap party a little bit and uh, it's interesting because while working on set, I don't really have a chance to talk with her. But the, at the, at uh, You're the not party, supposed to talk to her on set, to be honest. With you, but... at, the party, at the party, I got to finally have a conversation with her, so that was fun. Land. Right. It was called Land. Land. That's it. Yeah, it was, it was so good. It? I was balled it good? my eyes out. It was so good. Oh, it's one of those ball your eyes out films. Okay. Oh, did it win some awards? I think it was up for awards at least. Yeah, it it, it did the circuit for sure. Because it's one of those like, you know, indie type of films. But it's just it has such a beautiful... There are a few beautiful stories, you know, kind of woven together. It was just uh, uh, touching. She did a great job. That was gut-wrenching to watch some of those scenes. Speaking of Robin Wright, who actually worked on Wonder Woman, her co-star Connie Nielsen, who was also in Wonder Woman, uh, is is going to be in a new psychological thriller called Follow Me. And Mm. she'll be the lead in this film. And um, it's described as a tense psychological thriller with all the twists and turns of a Hitchcockian thriller, pushing the boundaries and blurring the lines between relationships to reveal that money secrets and deception is a deadly thing. So there you go. Interesting. And uh, the last movie thing, uh, before we take a classic cut break, uh, Kevin Bacon has joined uh, the cast of Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley. This is the uh, fourth film, right, in the Beverly Hills Cop uh, franchise, and they're bringing back a lot of the original cast, like Judge <gasps> Reinhold's. Paul Reiser, John Ashton, Bronson Pitchot, and of course, Eddie Murphy himself. Did the other guy die the order detective, or is he still alive, too? I, I don't know if everybody's alive from that one. I'm not sure. Man, I judge, the partner of Judge Reinhold, the older guy, remember there was an older guy with him? He might be gone. Yeah, I have to look that one up. I'm not sure. Yeah, mm. but um, but yeah, Kevin Bacon's joining, and uh, already announced jo- Joseph Gordon Lovett. So. <gasps> That's going to be great. That's gonna be. I hope. That's, that's gonna. I mean, it's already a good yeah. cast. It better not it's suck. It's a great film. It's you know just to stay true to the original franchise and don't try. Original to... two, not the third one. The third one was pretty bad. Oh, the third one wasn't very good, but the first two were good. First yeah. two. So um, we'll come back and talk about some Star Wars and Andor and uh, the Netflix Tudum event, which dropped a lot of trailers when we get back from the classic cut. So. I was actually deciding on the classic cut 
literally uh, right before we started the show because we we got breaking news, uh, which is very disturbing that rapper Coolio is no longer with us. Passed away at the age of 59. Um, So um, basically uh, he was found in his apartment in Los Angeles. um, And apparently there does not appear to be signs of foul play. Uh, the coroner will make a, a, a final determination following an a- autopsy and no drugs, drug paraphernalia were found at the scene of his death. So um, it's, it's really sad. He was only 59 years old and um, I thought this was the proper uh, classic cut it is one of Coolio's most beloved songs, gangster's paradise. So it's take... not Amish Paradise. Not my it's not, it's not, not Amish Paradise. That's Weird Al. we got to play the Coolio version. <laughs> so we will be back right after the classic cut. All right, that was Coolio. Rest in peace, Coolio. It's so sad. It is. Oh my gosh. And just passed away. I know he just did a performance uh, here in Maryland at the Frederick. um, He did like a a 90s hip hop uh, show with Vanilla Ice and a few other like uh, the old school artists. Yeah, not too long ago. So this is very, very disturbing and very, very sad. So rest in peace, Coolio. And yeah. I can rap again because he was doing heavy metal for a while, which I thought was weird. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, you know, he he knows where the money is. He knows where the money is. All right. Number nine on the list is Star Wars. All right. Everything Star Wars that we love. First of all, big news that James Earl Jones has decided to retire the voice of Darth Vader. Yes. No. Yes. That's why he will no longer be voicing Darth Vader in any future Star Wars project, he has agreed to allow an AI company to oh, replicate well to replicate his voice for future Star Wars titles. Now, I know you're upset, Paul, but he's 91 years old. His voice is actually not the same as it once was. I know the last time he um, reprised his role was in Rogue One, I believe. I believe he reprises his voice role for that. Um, and but I believe for the for um like the other iterations like Obi-Wan where we saw Darth Vader no that was actually that was actually the AI company it's a U- Ukrainian um company um that's that's the one well, they're called yeah, well, has, yeah I have a question um it's a Ukrainian company is that still they're going to be able to still do it yeah i mean because of the war he means are yeah. they still there? Oh, with the oh, with the Ukrainian war. Wow. Is that what you mean, Paul? Is their building yeah, still there? I, mean. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, not, uh, hopefully in the U.S. now, but I mean, well, I mean, you know, I guess because they're an ally, it'd be different if it was a Russian company, right? <laughs> that might be a different situation, but uh, yeah. Um, but hopefully, uh, all their files are in the cloud, <laughs> and they can go anywhere exactly, and work. <laughs> exactly. You know what? If you watched Obi Wan and you liked Vader's voice in it, that was Respeacher. And I thought they did a fine job, you know? I mean, it's amazing what they could do. They did the same thing with Luke Skywalker's voice in the Book of Boba Fett. 
and in uh, Mandalorian. The same technology, and I think it's fantastic. Same technology, I believe, was also used for Val Kilmer as well. Um, oh, yeah, he can't even. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or in, or in his documentary. Yeah, because he can't talk at all, and I believe his character talked a little bit. Is you know he kind of lost his voice a little bit, but it's like kind of yeah. still used like archival audio of of Val Kilmer. Yeah. Do that. So um, yeah, he's stepping down. So he signed. He signed. He signed off his voice. And uh, I'm actually he, glad he did that because I think he realizes how important his part is within the Star Wars Star Wars world. Because and to allow them to keep using his voice, I think that's great. You're right, because, you know, he's not I a spring. Think, I mean, how do you feel about, like, just passing the torch, too? Like, Indiana Jones, no. I think Harrison no. Ford. I don't think torch. anyone else should voice Darth Vader except for an AI uh, model of his voice. I really don't think anyone could do it. I, I mean, unless I, they can find some voiceover actor that's just absolutely incredible. Really? Since you're not seeing the actor, I mean, you're just you using the voice. Okay? yeah. His, okay, his voice, but his voice is so specific. Unique. It's like yeah. unique. And it, it really made Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah did. did you ever see the original tapes with Krauss doing it? They were awful. The original what? When David Krauss actually did the voice for Darth Vader. Oh, the David guy Prowse, he... yes, because I remember some behind the scenes uh There's a reason why they chose James Hull Jones, right? <laughs> right. Yep. All right. Uh, well, the only other thing I have is uh, some talk about Andor. Did everybody watch the latest episode of Andor? Yeah. I have not yet. It's on my list. It's on your list. Have you watched any Andor? No. I've seen it. No. I saw the trailer. and I thought it was amazing. But I can't wait to start it. I'm okay. trying to get through Stranger Things. Doc, I just watched the third episode on because I think that's when it starts to become good. Yeah. Did you did you think it was good? The, the last one I think was good. The other two, the other ones just kind of dragged on a little bit. So the first just... two dragged on a little bit. Well, you know, they had that very, oh, very crucial pivotal scene when yeah. Andor is at the brothel, and you know he's the deal with the aftermath of the two Imperial guards, right? Um, that's what basically um, starts kind of like that heist uh, aspect where he's like on the run, you know, um, and hiding, hiding from. Um, the, the Empire, right? Um, but uh, it's a fantastic series. It's very different. It's very Good. different than Mandalorian. It's very different than Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. Um, there's no Jedi. There's no bounty hunters. Um, it's a it's and, all, all rebellion. It's yeah, it's cool. all about the, the early, early, you know, early stages of the rebellion and, you know, and leads directly into Rogue One, and we're getting two seasons of this show. So. Oh, good. Okay. Two I like what they did with Rogue One, how they, the way they ended it, and how that was sort of, sort of, tied into to A New Hope. A New Hope, exactly. I, and they're going I to would, do the same yeah. with Andor, so you could basically watch Andor, Rogue One, and Star Wars: A New Hope, you know, and the original trilogy, kind of like in that progression, right? Um, oh, good. And, good. Uh, you know, um. You know, one might think, oh, no Jedi, no bounty hunters, but you know that the the characters are very intriguing, and uh, you know, I, it's still it's still very cool. Um, and I love how they brought back the character of Mon Mothma, who's the senator, mm. and uh, you know, tied in her story uh, as she was, you know, a, a focus in the Star Wars prequel movies, and then bringing her character into um, into this uh, Andor series, so we get to see. Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma in episode four. 
Um, but yeah, fantastic episode. Just just a little bit more of that. Uh, Did you catch an Easter egg in the shop? Was there an Easter egg that I missed? W- which episode? They actually had the mask of uh, Starkiller. Did they really? Artifact shop, yeah. Wow. Oh, in the in the shop? Yeah. Oh, wow. Starkiller's mask in the shop. So I, I wonder if Starkiller is now part of canon and he's going to show up eventually. This is a Stellan Skarsgård's char- character when he was in that uh, artifact shop, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Yes, we saw that. So that was... See, when people plan ahead like that and they just drop little things in like that. Yep. Yeah. So I kind of think that's going to happen. Maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, it was definitely his mask. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty cool scene, you know. They they talk about like you know the the artifacts and and it's not just the gallery of artifacts and uh, um, you know at the same time you know uh, my Mothma is concerned about you know being watched you know um, and being monitored you know um, yeah it's it's a very it's a very intriguing show. Um, kind of think the emperor's gonna show up too am i right or am i wrong on that just the way it's gonna show up wow um you know what these characters are are alive and well in this timeline so it's just a matter of whether they need to because usually when the emperor and and darth vader show up there's jedi involved and when there's no jedi involved do they need to be he remember he's going to do away with the Senate. So it's like if he's going to do away he's, with the well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's going to have to show up eventually. I mean, maybe the last episode or something. But yeah, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. He was in the prequels. He was a senator, was he not? Yeah, he was ahead yeah. of the Senate. Yeah. Right. So there you go. So uh, wow, that's going to just yeah. I know the time line gets a little messy, especially with the human characters, because you want them to look appropriate for. Then you have to do de aging, you know. Right. Um, because he was a lot younger then, you know, um, during the prequel movies. And now, you know, mm-hmm. you know, thank God, you know, he's still alive and well and doing pretty good. So but uh, that's not pretty much all I have for Star Wars. And uh, hmm. they have this big like um, basically a, a, a virtual fan fest called Tudum where they just dropped a whole bunch of Netflix content, uh, new Netflix content to check out. And uh Number 10 on my list is uh, some of the Netflix movies. So to focus on the movies first, um, of course, Netflix is known for their bingeable series, but yeah, they, they want those exclusive movies. Um, one of them being Extraction, which is Chris Hemsworth, Thor himself. Yes. They just dropped a behind-the-scenes featurette that mm-hmm. the um, the sequel will be just as violent and as intense as the original. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and the director, the original director, Sam Hargrave, is on board for the second film. Good. And uh, yeah, you're going to see some crazy uh, action sequences that you loved in the first extraction film. And it's actually one of the most successful Netflix films in, in the streamer's history was extraction. Yep. Yeah. It was huge when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense to have a second film, right? Oh, um, yeah. And Especially those, the way they ended the first one. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you have yep. to follow up. You have to follow up, especially with anything with a film. Mm-hmm. So uh, another big film is uh, Gal Gadot. Obviously, she's had a, a huge success with uh, um, Red Notice on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And her next film uh, is a, a spy film called Heart of Stone. Yep. And they just dropped a sneak peek uh, for this event as well. Um, Rachel Stone, baby. Yeah, what do you know about this? Did you check it out? Did you enjoy it? 
I, I, yeah, I enjoyed the trailer quite a bit. So I'm very excited to see what, uh, what she does with the character. So, yeah. Ah, what do you, so you mentioned Rachel Stone as if the, you knew something about the character before the film came out. Oh no, that's just the name of her character. I've, I've heard her talk about it okay, on social like, media. So, so okay, cause it's called Heart of Stone, but I'm like, yeah, cause it's about her character. Yeah, Rachel, her character Stone. Rachel Stone, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So CIA agent who is tasked with recovering one of the agency's most dangerous and valuable assets. So there you go. Um, love Gal Gadot. Um, yep. I was privileged to work with her on Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, because I was too tall. <laughs> 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 above a certain height to overshadow. Uh, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like Evan says, like I don't want anybody yeah, like you're a giant, Paul. We get it. See, that's why I should you're, be working more in Hollywood as a love interest. Actor. So short. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jennifer Lopez has a film on Netflix called The Mother. Story of a female assassin who comes out of hiding to protect her daughter that she gave up years while on the run. Um, J-Lo doing the action movie, huh? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so apparently, uh, yeah, she's, she's the queen of rom-com lately. So, uh, mm-hmm. And she has yet another marriage movie coming out with um, Josh Duhamel. That's right. I actually auditioned for that movie. Did you really? I did. Oh, I really wanted to be killed. Yeah. Marry Me was the last one she did with Marry Me was the last one. The, the shotgun wedding. Them. Shotgun oh, wedding. Was, yeah, Owen Wilson, right. They, they might have changed the title. That was the working title. Josh Demel beat me out for a role. And like, there was a movie about... um. Well, he is Josh Demel. Come on now. <laughs> the Transformers? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't no it, was a, it was a baseball movie. You audition for the same role that Josh Duhamel okay, did, and, and like Josh Duhamel. Well, like, I mean, he does have a few more credits than you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, if it was like a Joe Blow, then yeah. Oh my God, Paul <laughs> should have gotten him. But Josh Duhamel, I mean, <laughs> I can understand. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he does have Transformers under his belt, so I guess he does that. He does have that. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, another big movie. Um, this is called, um, what is it called? Uh, the School for Good and Evil. Okay, so. I saw that too. Saw this trailer? Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. Charlize Theron and Kerry Washington. Mm-hmm. So Charlize plays Lady Lesso and Kerry Washington plays Professor Dovey. And um, yeah, I guess they're um, they're kind of the professors of a, of a school of witches, I guess. Yeah. So that's kind of what Magic, I Magic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Witches or magicians of sorts. I can't see Stan being like a witch. He should be an action movie, and Jayla should be the witch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that film is about um, these young uh, teenagers who are then, you know, go and study at this school. And one, she, the way the trailer is, um, they they edit it together as if she may turn evil or she may be a good witch magician whatever whatever right so and everybody's like you know one side's pulling her you know in one direction and the other side and so it's kind of like her friends are like no don't do it and she she, as with every good person that turns bad they get a taste of that yeah that naughtiness right so that was that was in the trailer so it looks interesting wasn't that like how the magicians was on sci-fi very similar had Mm -hmm. vibes of that vibes of harry potter of course um yeah but yeah, we get to check it out on October 19th on Netflix. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
I have so much to watch. So many good so things. large. Here's another fun movie. They clone Tyrone with John Boyega, Tiana Paris, and Jamie Foxx. It's a trio um, discover a government conspiracy that is actually finding out about cloning. Yeah, it's a hidden lab, basically. Well, this um, this film, uh, yeah, the Finn Finn from Star Wars, yes, as Fontaine. Cool. Tiana Paris as Yo-Yo and Jamie Foxx as Slick. Yeah, so this is uh, they the three friends they stumble upon a bomb of information when they uncover a cloning operation. So, interesting. Yeah, very interesting trailer. Definitely worth checking out. Um, they dropped Enola Holmes uh, two, the sequel with Millie Bobby Brown's. Yes, are you a fan of that? Yes, I love I the first seen, one. I, have, I haven't <gasps> seen Enola Holmes. No. Oh, she was. It, but it, I the first one was really things. was really enjoyable. It was a good was ride. Good. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm a fan yeah. of Henry Cavill. You know, it's Superman, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, she's in this uh, second film, um, and the trailer just dropped for that as part of the Tunum event as well. Okay. So speaking of Henry Cavill, this goes on to Netflix TV, kind of like that cool segue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Witcher, Witcher. So they just announced at the Tunum event. That uh, Witcher Blood Origin will debut on December 25th on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, but the season three of the main Witcher show uh, will not uh, drop until the summer of 2023. So yeah. a little bit of time to wait for that one. But uh, nonetheless, uh, not much is known about Witcher season three. But it will continue the story of Geralt of Rivia, played by Henry Cavill. Uh, and joining the cast, we have Robbie Amell for season three, which is uh, pretty cool. Hugh Skinner, Christelle Elwin, and Menger Zhang. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Stephen Amell, not Stephen Amell, Robbie Amell. <laughs> That's the arrow guy. Yep. Robbie Amell plays an elven fighter named Gallatin, who leads an army of gorilla Shoshatel fighting on behalf of fierce and talented Huntress. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this should be pretty cool for you fans of The Witcher. Yeah. Are you oh. a fan? Oh, yeah. I read I read some of the books a long time ago, um, so I was super excited about the series. Um, oh. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it overall. Um, would have probably gone a little bit differently casting-wise. Yeah? Uh, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm letting it ride. Um, as an actor, I'm happy that people get work, right? So exactly, <laughs> we gotta be happy that people get right. work. Right. I've always had this one, this weird ability where, while I'm in the industry, right, I can I I can watch something as being a person in the industry, but I can also switch my brain like that and to watch things as a as a fan and as an audience member. Yes. And remove cool. myself from like being you know yes. a production person or an actress, right? Because I'm so, watching the background actors. <laughs> Everything. I think yeah, it's yeah. just the set design and right. things that you wouldn't normally want, you know, pay attention to. Right, as a regular audience member. Regular yeah, exactly. Member. So I can. So I'll go. I, I, while I'm familiar with the characters from the books, you know, I, I. So just there was a little care casting that I was like, mm, I don't know how that's gonna go, and I'm still, yeah, you're still out on a particular character. Um, okay. but like I said, I'm riding with it. Um, just finished actually season two. And uh, so I'm very curious to see what they're going to do in season three. Yeah, we're going to have to wait uh, another year for that one. But you can check out the Blood Origin prequel. I was going to drop on Christmas. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another good another one I'm really really looking forward to is uh, Wednesday. Wednesday is the um, 
is the Tim is the, the um yeah the, the Adams family, the family yeah oh yes Adams. yes and they just uh, showed a clip an entire clip of a scene at the tomb event um where Wednesday discovers a thing the hand right uh, hiding underneath her bed she interrogates them Christina Ricci because I mean I think Christina Ricci uh, well Christina Ricci's gonna she's playing an undisclosed character but you know obviously it's Wednesday it's a young girl so you're gonna have oh to, okay I thought maybe it was gonna be like Christina Ricci grown up as Wednesday I thought that would have been like a... no uh, well, oh no yeah, they recast it we got a new uh, actress uh, Jenna Jenna Ortega is playing uh, Wednesday in this one yeah. But she, but but Christina Ricci is in it. I just they just they're I guess they're waiting for. They haven't really announced her character. I think they're keeping that one under wraps. If I remember. Mm, yeah. It looks really good. It does. Yeah. Um, Although so isn't that, it Catherine Zeta Jones who's playing? Catherine um, Zeta Jones is in it as well. Yeah, playing Morticia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Louise yeah. Guzman's playing Gomez. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that's all going to mix. I mean, I love all of them, so yeah, we'll see how they play off each other. Yeah, yeah, it looks really, really good based on the trailers only. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, apparently, the showrunner described the series as something akin to an eight-hour Tim Burton movie. Oh, that's mm. pretty cool. Mm. So, was Tim Burton involved with this? I'm, gu- I'm guessing he was. I mean, or may- maybe just uh, um, Johnny Depp in some place. So, so <laughs> right, because they always work together. the work of the VMAs. Like, I need the work. I need the work. <laughs> well, <laughs> so that's another one. Uh, what else? I haven't tuned into Shadow and Bone yet, but that was another part of uh, the fan series. They dropped the teaser for season two. Oh, did they? I gotta watch that because I watched season one. Oh, you did watch season one. I did. What can you say about Shadow and Bone? Thank you. Thank you for being the all-knowing Netflix (laughs) TV show related. I always rely on Kelly. And I'm still behind on so much to watch. Um, I enjoyed it. I wasn't familiar with the the story, the characters before, so um, I kind of went into it blind. But I liked what they did with it. I loved the female character, how she's able to summon sun, the sunlight, sun energy. I, I, I love those kinds of characters uh but uh yeah i mean it's very interesting to see how they're gonna um continue the storyline with how they ended it so i think they ended it with in case we don't get a season two fans aren't going to be like what the hell um so but they left enough that they can continue on that people are like oh i wonder what's going to happen next so we're getting a season two Kelly. so i'm sure you're happy about that oh yeah so um but the premiere date has not been announced yet Mm. Um, there's a new series called The Watcher with Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale, who are two fantastic actors. Uh, follows a family who are ultimately threatened and pressured into leaving their newly bought mansion after a mysterious stalker became, be, uh, began sending them letters in the mail. Ooh. So, um, thriller. Yeah, it's a thriller. It's a horror thriller of sorts. Um, Jennifer Coolidge is in it as well. Oh, nice. Made, made waves just, in a White Lotus. Yeah, just, just won an Emmy. Just one yeah. and a half, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Richard Kind, uh, great actor right there. Uh, Joe Mantello, oh, Mia Farrow, contrast. yeah. Margot Martindale, yeah. Love Margot. Yeah, it's good, good nice. names in there. Hmm. You're a fan of the the show You, uh, season four uh, just dropped a teaser as well. Uh, wow, it's crazy how. How a serial killer gets four seasons. Usually I know. I was just about to say, it's already <laughs> season four. Holy mackerel. It's a lot of death. killing, right? Is there anybody left? Yeah, right. <laughs> Are they all dead? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Part one will uh, premiere on February 10th, 2023. Well, part two will uh, stream a month later. So you'll get that in split in two, which I think Netflix should take advantage of yeah. doing the split because I think the binging is a little overwhelming. I don't know. Some people love it. They love to absorb It's a new way much. to watch things because you yeah. can plan like a weekend, get through a whole thing, and then move on. Move on. That's how you look at it. So you like the binging 10 episodes or more. Yes and no. Yeah, I, 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 I've gotten used to binging <laughs> things now. What about the anticipation of the next episode? That's what you know, the anticipation yeah. you would have the second episode for the next. That's episode. what HBO does. That's what Amazon does. You know. Yeah, and I mean that's how I grew up. I'm not. I'm dating myself now, but that's all yeah. we had growing up was Episodic. you had to wait until the next episode. Yeah. Right. But they also made 22 episodes that started in August and went all the way to April. And yeah. then you'll. Right, you have to. You didn't get six episodes and wait a whole year or two years before you saw what happened. I mean, like. <laughs> Sometimes the waits could be a little long for sure. Because I don't care anymore and I forgot what happened. I'm like, I've moved on to other exactly. characters I love now. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dead to Me has a third and final season trailer as part of the Toot of Phantom as well. Haven't gotten into that show yet, but uh, people that I know that like the show say it's awesome. And Manifest. <laughs> this is a show I'm behind on, but I do want to finish. Uh, they just dropped uh, part one of the show's final season. That's um, the plane one, right? Where people disappear? Yes. Okay. Very reminiscent of Lost. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Which was saved by Netflix. It was on NBC. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it will consist of 10 episodes um, on November 4th. And you'll get all your answers as to what happened. Uh, mm. You know, exactly what happened and what happened during that period of time when the people disappeared and how they, you know, know, there's a lot of crazy that show. I'm going to need to watch the last then to find out what happened. So then I can tell my mom, because she loved the show when it was on um, NBC. You said NBC, right? And, um, but then she lost interest and she stopped watching it. So I I will be that good daughter and I will watch, I never watched the show. I've watched like maybe one episode, but I understand the premise. So I'll watch the end and then let her know how it happened. (laughs) You're just, you're just going to go straight to the end. And then I'm just going to tell her, I'll be like, so mom, this is what happened. And she'll go, thank you, honey. Right. <laughs> is it canceled? Is that why it's on Netflix now? or is it? Yeah, they saved it from being canceled. NBC was re- ready to cancel it. And um, it did so well streaming on Netflix that Netflix saved it. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And because the story, you know, people want to know how the story ends, you know. Right. Very crucial. Uh, let's see what else we have. Outer Banks, they have season three uh, trailer just dropped for that one as well. And of course, our guest Kelly Davis earlier was a part of that show. They're also doing a Bridgerton prequel called Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, mm-hmm. which will chronicle the early years of Golda Rochevel's Queen Charlotte from the main Bridgerton series. And I'm guessing Kelly is a fan of the show. Are you a fan of Bridgerton? <laughs> Looks like a fan. Uh, of- yes, <laughs> I sit here in my tiara and my little teacup. Yes, okay. I even went to the I even went to the Bridgerton Experience here in Los Bridgerton Angeles. Yeah, I even went to that too. That's how much I loved yeah. it. It was great. It was good. <laughs> no, I watched I watched the the scene or trailer that they dropped yes. for um teaser, this right? Charlotte yeah. one. So yeah, I'm ready for the intrigue and the costumes. You'll be you'll be tuning in, I'm sure. I have enough costumes because because I I wear those kinds of outfits to Ren Fair here. And I'm like, why won't someone cast me? I have all the outfits already. I'll just show up ready <laughs> to go. go. <laughs> you got to get a friend of casting director. Yeah. All right, this shows a little bit of a guilty pleasure of mine because I fell in love with this actress when I talked to her on the red carpet at Tribeca in New York. 
Mm. And that's, uh, yes, that's Lily Collins. That's Emily in Paris. <laughs> they just dropped a, th- a third season trailer, which will the whole s- series will drop on December 21st. And uh, yeah, that shows uh, Lily Collins, a character of Emily, as she finds herself at a crossroads uh, aspect of her life. And uh, will she choose work or will she choose uh, her new love life, you know? Um, so we'll, that was a bit of a cliffhanger. So we'll get to see what happens in that one. Um, so I haven't seen uh, Ryan Murphy's Jeffrey Dahmer series Monster yet. It, it seems like it's very heavy. Uh, something yeah. that I have to be prepared emotionally to watch, but it's the number one show on Netflix this week. Uh, almost 200 million hours viewed um, wow. following its premiere. Yes, and it just knocked Cobra Kai off the number uh, one list. It was previously Cobra Kai, and now it's this monster show. And this is not a show that Kelly will watch because you don't uh, like the horror. This was real, this well, is real life. right. And so. I go back and forth. What? Bad thing that's real horror. I know. And if it's going to be like, I I can handle like graphic and horror stuff to a point, but then after a while, I'm like, okay. But I love (laughs) Evan Peters. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to support him. So maybe I'll watch a couple episodes. Maybe I'll watch it. I watched the trailer and I was like, he could. I have no doubt he's going to kill it. He's going to kill it. He could win an Emmy. He kills it literally. (laughs) <laughs> and eats it right um no i hope he gets another emmy for it because he definitely deserved his emmy for um uh the kate um winslet tv show oh the mayor of Easttown was fantastic yeah, it was yeah. and he deserved that, that emmy that kept me on the edge of my seat and i worked me too. On, that one on that well you show. know there's a second season coming right yeah Is i heard there? Well, yeah, they're going to be coming to Philadelphia sometime. I don't know if I'm going to be. It's crazy, working. but they're probably going to have to. Yeah, do. it's going to be a new new case, I guess. Yeah, because the whole season one was about solving the case of of um, you know the the dead girl. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting to see what happens there. Um, let's see, Stranger Things, obviously one of our favorite shows on Netflix. Um, we do know some stuff about the upcoming final season five. Ooh. Um. And they've already started dropping, the Duffer Brothers started dropping hints on the fifth and final season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do we know? Um, well, By they the time it are, airs, they're going to be 30 years old each. Yeah, I know they'll be 30 years old when they start, right? <laughs> I know the kids... Spoiler like, alert for anybody who hasn't, you know, right. I'm halfway through season four, but you can say stuff, that's fine. I don't care. Oh, well, okay, yeah, I gotcha. And we, we yeah. Oh, you're uh, still... Um, but... Um, so the the writers' room is going to start um, has already started. They started in August, so that's good. The writers' room is a very important aspect. Um, and the writers' room, as of September 26, was complete. Okay, so that's good. Uh, so the script is ready. It's ready to go. So it's just a matter of when they will start production. Yeah. Um, and um, Will Byers' character will be a big focus. Um, as Noah Schnapp revealed, um, which I don't know why I didn't say for the show that his character is gay. Um, they, the, they're alluding to it in season four. They alluded to it in season four, but then he said in an interview yeah. that that his character is gay and just revealed. Mm. Oh. So they're going to kind of go into that character because, you know, obviously he's crushing on Mike and, of course, yeah. Mike likes Eleven. Right. Uh, yeah. So um, there might be a time jump that's involved. Um, wow. Which... 
could be, uh, you know, be in real time because of by the time it comes out, that's an actual time. Yeah. Job. They confirm that Eddie Munson is very much dead. Um, um, oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Perfectly fine. <laughs> so okay. Already, since you're a little mom. <laughs> fine. That kind of stuff I don't care about. With Game of Thrones, I was always a year oh, behind. Yeah. I was always a year behind before I watched the season. So I already knew like a year before the red wedding. So I wasn't necessarily like ah, when I watched it because I had an idea. So that's not doesn't bother me. <laughs> and of course, the finale of Stranger Things is sure to be emotional. So there you go. Um, Thank you. Um, but interesting enough, Caleb McLaughlin, he recently opened up about the racism that he faced uh, while he was on um, while he was on Stranger Things. And he talked about how his character Lucas Sinclair um, apparently um, he saw that people weren't standing on his line as much as the other cast members, and uh, very yeah very very sad to read something like this you know um, yeah, talked about how, how he has less Instagram so followers. They just they give his character a lot of like like Dustin had more of a like push you know what I mean like character wise I think so like it like he might get more in his line or. Mike, the story was about that he had So I think that's his character was just kind of like a secondary character. That's, I mean, he's still one of the main. Four yeah, I know, but I, mean, I, don't, kids, I, I just but don't think I, I just don't think he, it was a racism thing. I think it was just his character wasn't. He's. He, he, it seems like he's. That's what he's bringing attention to, and that that's his reasoning, um, or that's what his parents are saying. But it, it could very well be the character itself, you know. But I would hate to think that it was racism. I think that that. I mean, he's got. He's got millions and millions of followers on Instagram. I mean, he's doing, he's doing pretty well, you know. He's, I guess yeah. he's comparing his followers to his other castmates, you know. Ugh, but, uh, that's that's a someone needs someone needs to pull him aside and be like, don't worry about that. Yeah, shit. I agree. I agree. But that's you know, a that's a bad. That's how you go down. That's how you end up in a spiraling, you know, and with your mental health, right? Exactly. Yes. And I looked at Dacry Montgomery, who's a very, very popular character. Granted, he wasn't in he, his character. You already know that his character died. He's got way less followers yeah. than than uh, than McLaughlin. So, and he was the heartthrob. Like women love that guy. So I'm like, yeah, I think he might be overreacting a little bit, man. You know. But um, mm-hmm. all right, yeah. let's get. I saw was in Star Wars when they took John Boyega off the poster in Japan, what China. Yeah, that was kind of fucked up, man. Uh, that was in the Star Wars. Huh? I mean, this, I don't think this is racism at all. I think this is just kind of just his character just wasn't. Not in. Ch- uh, nah, I think that was deliberate. Yeah, because he was on the poster in in the U.S. Know. the U.S. poster, so that was deliberately. No, uh, well, China. Poster. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Enough said. Right, China. How- period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, House of the Dragon. Let's talk about it. So, uh, oh, are you, did you watch episode six? All right, cool, cool. All I right. stayed up until two o'clock in the morning watching it this morning, so I knew we were talking about it tonight. Yes, yes. All right, I'm dedicated. All right, let's talk about this. So three percent. First of all, ratings wise, did well. Three uh, percent more viewers than episode five, and this is the first episode of the time jump, guys. So ten years into the future the and major, them. major casting changes, guys. Um, Man, I you know what? I like consistency in my shows and movies, and when they cast different actors, I'm kind of taken out of that fantasy world. You know, I know that they, you know, that these these older versions of Renera and Allison were cast first, and they wanted to do the backstory of the younger actors. But 
the younger actresses did so well in those roles. They did. You know? and Couldn't they do a spinoff show? Like, just kind of do a little bit more with the younger one? I mean, I mean yeah, anything's like, possible, but... It's possible, but I think they, they could be brought back if they want to go flashback and, you know, in sure. future seasons. I mean, I know for season one, that's all we're going to see of the younger Renera and the younger Allison, but... Uh, see, are they trying to recreate sort of what the 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 crown did, where you have different actors playing, you know, playing different ages, whatever, yeah. as it goes on? Or you could have just started season, episode one with the older actor actors and then do the flashbacks with the younger ones throughout every episode. Yes. I think that would have worked a lot better. I do, I do too. I think yeah. that would, cause they've done that in game of Thrones when they had the flashback. Granted, it wasn't like a five episode, you know, a stint of the younger versions, but uh, yeah, but I think that was a George R. R. Martin call. He wanted that, that, that younger backstory of, of these, uh, these very important characters, but mm. uh yeah, a lot happened in 10 years, I mean. I, I know, so I hope they sort of start explaining all that. In the ep- I, I, I was just, I knew the jump was coming. And yet, yeah. as I watched the episode last night, I was like, what? Yeah. Where did I get? Huh? What? So. so. I was like, when did Allison become a royal B-I-T-C-H? <laughs> you can say bitch on the show, by the way. Thank but you. Yeah. When, when did you turn out to be a bitch? <laughs> she was a <laughs> friend. Get off your high freaking horse. But I think now the, the high horse is the Renera character. I think she's now on the high oh, horse. Oh, yeah, you're right. Whereas, uh, Alice, I don't think, oh, well. Um, a little bit more, no. I don't think she, I think she, I, I don't know if she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it seemed like it, how I took it. Now that she's 10 years older, she's got these kids. Everybody knows they're not from her husband, but whatever. That's right. They're not from her husband. Right. Sir and Harwin it's, it's, Strong. Right. And so you just see her like she's like this smug person. And then she sees – I still think she – that through those 10 years that we haven't seen, that she just had this naive way of how she was going to live her life, you know, right. scar-free, no consequences. And now yeah. she's starting to see the shit hit the fan. Yeah. So – I thought that was a pretty interesting take on it, but I guess we're going to see, but I would like to see what, how all that stuff transpired. Like, how did she end up with Harwin? I mean, and. We and, don't know. Yes, you're oh, right. All oh of a sudden. God. Yeah, I guess, they, I guess they should have done that beforehand. They should have introduced maybe a young Harwin. I guess it happened during those 10 years because a lot can happen in 10 years. Well, he's uh, in the he's in the other episodes when she, it, we have the, there's a version of him in the all other episodes. Oh, there is. He's okay, just such a minor character. Ah, okay. very good. Okay. Yeah, like she's walking through the courtyard one time and he's like, you know, tying something up, horses or whatever, and he's like looking right. at her or whatever. But she doesn't oh. even like give him a glance, right? Because she's got, you know, eyes for, you know, for Christian, Cole. right? Who yeah. turned into like a little bitch yeah. overnight. Oh, Don't get me started. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. You know, I would have predicted that she would have got. With Kristen Cole and Kristen Cole because they already hooked up and yes, you know I was so excited four. to have him be like the new Jon Snow. He would be the Jon Snow. When I saw him, I was like, "Who is this guy? I got an IMDb him. He, he is hot. Ah, Turned out to be a little bitch. I didn't think the same thing. So kill him, yeah. cut his head off. I don't give a shit about him anymore. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much turned against Renera in this one, guys. Ratted her out. Ugh. And Lenore is not into the women. That's probably why she had to go to Sir Harwin Strong to to bear some kids. Uh, he's off 
hooking up fucking sailors, according to Renera. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what she's doing. But again, they got to keep the bloodline pure or whatever the throat, you know, prevent them from going to war by having a. I know, but her kids aren't his. Right. She, you should, at least, not, she should at least slept with another not Valerian black, to have white hair. Not black Valerians. <laughs> it's clearly not the case. Yeah. I no. have to explain the why, but. Uh, they're talking about the parentage and uh, yeah, yeah, very big on character development um, in this particular episode um, because yeah, we need that backstory because if we we relied on heavy action in this episode, we no, we need all these details to, to for it to make sense and yeah, when when Harwin was was doing that um, that uh, sparring, you know, the the sword training with the boys, you know. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got called out by by uh, Kristen Cole saying, you know, yeah, you can uh, protect him like you're your own brother or maybe son, you know, like. <laughs> so he's he's kind of in on it. He knows what's going on. So uh, I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying House of the Dragon. I we only I have did. four. We only have three episodes left. Oh my god, it's almost three. done. <sighs> For another yeah, five years, a, right? I don't know. They could have done like five more. Four. Sorry, four more episodes: seven, eight, nine, and ten. There's ten okay. episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. So hopefully we'll learn to love these new cast members. Um, yeah, I'm um, already loving um, Emma Darcy. Emma Darcy. Rhaenyra. She's, yeah. I can't stop staring at her whenever she's on the screen. I'm like, please give her more to do. Please give her more to do. <laughs> and then, you know what? I think Olivia, so Millie Alcock and um, Emma Darcy, they don't look too alike. No. But I see more mm-hmm. of a similarity with. Um, the two Allisons. Two Allisons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can I see too. the that's more of a natural for me you know i can i can i can buy that they have a similar look so mm-hmm. i think because millie had just very distinct features you know yeah. right like her uh, jawline and stuff yeah yeah i agree exactly mm-hmm. so that's why I, i'm not kind of buying emma darcy's version of renera but uh you know we'll just have to yeah this these these are the uh actresses that we're gonna have going forward so um we'll have to wait and see if um millie or um Young Allison, um, the actress that plays Young Allison, will be making a return mm-hmm. uh, in future seasons of. Well, I guess they're gonna have a younger one. I have to hook up with a with in the past, right? Are they gonna show that, or are they just gonna be like, "Yeah, just happened." Are they gonna Which... show her? Well, they already showed her hooking up. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was actually really young. Like I was, uh, I read that she was. Uh, she's twenty-two, but she looks very very young so i'm like wow watching it she doesn't look 22 at all yeah she's 22 yeah but uh yeah just to see i mean that's the thing incest was complete normal and during that time and and you see damon targaryen oh that's hooking up with his own niece and like (laughs) now i got a question now i didn't watch the after the episode stuff yet yes so when they were in the brothel spoiler alert for anybody for episode four Right, so they actually didn't. They actually didn't have sex because I think that he was impotent, right? At the time, couldn't get it up, or for whatever reason, maybe they drank too much booze. I don't know. Because if you watch the scene again, okay, and you watch how how Rhaenyra's acts when he when he flips her around and smacks her up against the wall, right? Right. Yeah. It look. It look. He. It looks like he got one good thrust in. Oh shit! And then he stopped. (laughs) And then he pulled uh, away from her, and she was like grabbing it, going because she was into it, right? And she was grab, and then it's when he took off, and she was like, that's "What when the took fuck off, right. just happened?" If you go back and you watch her acting, makes it look like he got one in. I'm curious <laughs> now. 
Well, it's funny you mentioned inside the episode. I remember seeing the interview with Emilio Alcock, who plays Young Renero, saying, well, yes, when uh, Allison approached me and I said I didn't, that was all false. Those are all rumors. I didn't, didn't, you know, fuck uh, my, my uncle. Mm-hmm. She said it's kind of true because they never got to that point. So she right. said that. And- yeah, so, so I've heard other people say that too. So I was like, but yeah. I keep, I have that image in my head of the scene. I'm like, right. <laughs> then she oversold it as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> just go back so, and watch, just just watch the first 30 seconds yep. of that. Yeah, exactly. And you tell me if it doesn't look like he got wanted. The way yeah. she jerked, I was like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> exactly. Also on HBO, uh, there's a, uh, a trailer for The Last of Us. Now, speaking of Game of Thrones, Bella Ramsey, who plays Little Bird in, I guess, a Game of Thrones. I can't wait for this series. Uh, And then you have the Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal. So you have two (gasps) fandoms joining in. And Pedro Pascal was um, Oberon. Oberon. Martell. Yes, Martell. Exactly. Very good, Kelly. So, um, yeah, this is is, uh, based on the very popular video game. Um, And uh, I'm really looking forward. The trailer looked really cool. Um, the Last of Us is set 20 years after the destruction of modern civilization, so it's a post-apocalyptic series based on the. Video. I hope he does so good he gets an Emmy nomination. That's my prediction now. Right. Well, he doesn't it. have to wear a mask the whole show. He doesn't. He's not going to have to wear a mask. Yeah, and of course we're getting Mandalorian season three with Pedro Pascal in March of 2023. So that's going to be no longer a Mandalorian. Right. I know. Right. <laughs> No more. I'd be like, fuck that shit, baby doll. I got the outfit. <laughs> He's not the fucking uniform. He's a fucking Mando. Shit. I know. Oh, my gosh. Let's see. Only one thing on Amazon. A Prime Video just shared uh, a holiday treat that Jack Ryan season three will drop on Wednesday, December 21st. I just saw that today. I was like, John Krasinski as Tom Clancy. Uh, sorry. John Krasinski as Jack Ryan. The mm. Tom Clancy hero uh, will be eight episodes. And is Michael Kelly still in it? Also, Michael I haven't Kelly seen it. is in it. Um, yes, he is. He is in back. They actually did a little promo uh, with him and okay. Wendell and John Krasinski about uh, how they're all football fans and how you know tied it into like football and Jack Ryan upcoming season. It was pretty. I, used to, I, I worked on. Did you work on that film with him? That he, the baseball film he did. I didn't work on that, but I did work on Jack Ryan. Okay, you? I didn't work on Jack, Jack Ryan. Yes. I worked with Michael Kelly on that baseball film he did. Yeah. Oh, you worked on that? Yeah, yeah. I worked on Jack oh, Ryan. So. I was uh, I was Michael Pena's stand-in. Oh, Where cool. are you? Yeah. That's amazing. For a second project, I did Shooter. And now I'm doing cool. uh, doing stand-in work for uh, for Jack Ryan. So Yay. hopefully they come say, back. Hey, that'd be your permanent stand-in. And... Hopefully they come back to D.C. That would be great. So... Mm. Uh, that's the only thing I have on Amazon. Um, number fourteen on Hulu. Hulu's uh, they're upping up the true crime uh, series. Um, they have um, a series called Under the Bridge, a limited series about the 1997 murder of a Canadian teenager, Rena Burke. It's based on Rebecca Godfrey Godfrey's 2005 book about the case. Mm. Um, also, um, they picked up the U.S. rights to an Australian series called Vanishing Act. A mystery mm. crime drama based on the real life disappearance of Australian high roller Melissa Caddick. So they're really taking the true true crime thing. Uh, maybe yeah. taking a note 
from uh, Netflix and Jeffrey Dahmer, maybe? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Dang. I got to get caught up with the Orville on Hulu. Oh, I need to watch Orville. You've never seen any of it? I don't know. I love the Fox, the Wilson Fox, but I haven't watched any of the Hulu one yet. Oh, God, I love it. I need to see the new season. Comedy, you like a better series. Well, why? is it? Did it take a turn for the serious? It comedy, and then it kind of went to more serious. You're talking about the new season. Wait, the new season of Orville is now a little more serious? Yeah, it's not a comedy anymore. I didn't know Interesting turn. Yeah, so when it switched networks, it went from a comedy to being a more serious type of show. So it's like, it's weird. Tell you more of a serious show. I didn't know that, Big Paul. Me neither. How much have you watched? Have you watched all the episodes of uh, the third season? Um, I just wasn't thrilled with it because, I mean, as I said, it, it went from being a comedy to being they're trying to be next generation. That's basically it's like a. So, uh, how many episodes did you give it before you gave up? Maybe like about three episodes. I, that's what I gave with Lord of the Rings too. Lord of the Rings has not gotten any better for me. I'm sorry. You're, you're quitting Lord of the Rings. Rings of Power, I, huh? Lord of the Rings is so much better. Than well, and that's why we're watching House of the Dragon, right? Yeah. I that's, picked that, that first. That show, that show delivers. I'm almost on this list. All right, so number 15, Apple. Um, so the Time Bandits TV series from Taika Waititi. They just announced their main cast. Friends star Lisa Kudrow is joining. Uh, Charlene Yee. Um, Tadek Murphy. Roger, I can't even pronounce that last name. Roger Jean. <laughs> <laughs> Not like John Travolta. Um, um, oh. Uh, Adina Menzel. No, he's not in it, but I remember he, he got a, a <gasps> he butchered her name at the Oscars. Yes. I'd like to introduce Adina. <laughs> I can't oh my god. Crazy. Um yeah, so it's basically a 10 episode series is a comedic journey through time and space about a ragtag group of thieves and their newest recruit, an eleven year old history nerd. So it's a time is, travel is series. Eric Idle involved at all or no? Should Eric Idle be involved? He's the one who wrote the original. He wrote the original um, Time Bandits? Okay. I'm pretty sure it was Eric Idle. Yeah, I didn't see him being attached to it, but uh, it's going to be directed by Taika Waititi. Which is going to be good. You know it's going to be good as Taika Waititi, right? I don't know, because I didn't like Thor. I thought it was kind of, I don't know. I I just didn't like the last Thor movie. I thought it was okay, but it wasn't anything special. I agree. I I love all his other stuff, but I was just like, Okay. Even Jojo Rabbit, even though it was about like a crazy Hitler thing, but I mean, but that's still even like entertaining. <laughs> oh, movie, Jojo but. Rabbit! Oh, that was so good. Yeah. He won the Oscar. Yeah, there you go. There you not go. Two, one. You not need. two. Um, interesting. That almost sounds yeah. very Firefly-esque. Minus yeah. the time yeah. bandit kind of stuff. Like, yeah. The ragtag crew, space. Protege. Well, picture what do you call it? It's more like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like they more or less take people from time, and they oh, okay. kind of it's kind of like that. So like you have like probably a World War II pilot, a normal like a person from modern day, a person from the future, and they're oh, all yeah, kind of trying of, to exist together. Okay, I like that. It worked in Bill and Ted. Yeah. So so crates. So crates. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, I still say that point. too, unless I'm so doing a speech somewhere else. Like, I that was a, that was Sigmund Freud with the corn dog. Come back. <laughs> It was so fucking funny. I love I that stuff. It was good. Clever. Um, I tried to get our buddy uh, Kenny Hopkins to talk about Big Brother since I'm a big, that's one of my guilty pleasures, reality TV. Mm. Yeah, Big Brother announced uh, their winner. Um, 
history was made the first black woman to win um uh, the reality competition on cbs what uh, season are they on now yeah they're on 24 I watched season one and that was it. I was you like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Although Tamar Braxton won the Celebrity Big Brother uh, the second season, but uh, yeah, it was a it was filled with a lot of drama. And um, you know, Monty, who uh, was runner-up, took Taylor uh, in the finals to the final two, and I think that was his mistake. He should have taken Turner because had he taken Turner, I think Monty probably would have won the prize. Because Taylor was well liked, she had a great speech, um, and even though she didn't win as many competitions as Monty or or Turner, um, yeah, I mean it's it's sometimes it's not about how many competitions you win, you just kind of have to win over the jury. That's what happened. Yeah. Eight to one, uh, jury vote in 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 favor of Taylor Hale, making her the winner of the grand prize of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. She was also the first contestant to win that was also voted as America's favorite house guest. So she won an additional fifty thousand dollars. So that's the winner did. Wow. So she won the so she won the electoral college and a popular vote. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Usually they they give the uh, popular vote to someone else. Like you know, Mm -hmm. oh, we know this person's going to win, so we're going to you know, this is our favorite person. Blah blah blah. But no, no. So yeah, and you know, for the longest time there was not a black winner for Big Brother, and last year the first black winner, um, Xavier, won last year, and then this year, uh, the first black female to win Big Brother. So yeah, again, I just don't think it should be done by it shouldn't be mentioned by race. It should just be like I, well, everybody should be truly think, equal. You know what I mean? It's like I, I mean, know I, I, I think it's the, cool, but it's like a, it's a, it shouldn't be a historical thing just being a black person. On television, Paul, and with reality TV, it's not scripted, so you kind of have to. You know, it's a little bit of a different animal when you, when you do it that way. So, um, oh wait, 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 that's not true, Al. Because I, I had audition for reality TV. They are fake. Some of it, some of it, yes. Some well, of you it. got scripts where it's like, yeah, you had to audition, yeah. So some of their shows are fake. I mean, I, I don't know if this one is, and I, I have no idea. Uh, the Bachelor is. Bachelor, probably. I mean, is I that dated a- somebody from that show. I oh, mean, I dated a, I dated a producer. Oh, you did it a producer. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? Dating the producer or talking to yeah. talking about the bachelor? <laughs> Were you yeah. on he, was, he was a he was a lovely guy. Uh, obviously yeah. didn't work out. Um, but yeah, he was just like, yeah, lot, some of that stuff actually happens in real life, but the cameras weren't were, aren't on. Oh. And so that what they'll do is they'll make them redo it and Re-act then film it. it. Yes. But it's not organic anymore. And obviously organic. a lot of the drama is made in the editing room. Interesting. Were you ever yeah. invited on set while he was working? I I didn't even care if oh, you didn't. But I'd have been like, no thanks. Okay. <laughs> like I want to be that next bachelorette. Well, I mean, if she's if he's a producer on the show, I doubt he want to put his girlfriend if, on. Him remember, it's date a whole bunch of guys, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, but he was a very sweet guy, lovely guy. Just didn't work out. Then. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah. During in, in the enter- entertainment industry, dating uh, within the entertainment industry could be a challenge, right? Yep. Sure, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, almost done here. Number seventeen, the Super Bowl halftime show announced their main act, Rihanna, was has been signed to perform at this event. Takes place February twelfth, Phoenix, Arizona, guys. And I love Rihanna. I think she's a phenomenal artist. And uh, yeah, I think she'll do a great job with the halftime show. I'm sure they'll add more artists 
because I love what they did in the last. Uh, but what they need to do though, like I mean, they used to do this at the Super Bowl. Shouldn't it be like somebody local. Like I mean, Alice Cooper's from Arizona. Why not have Alice Cooper at the Super Bowl? It's like, well, I mean, Alice Cooper is a it's a name that ha- I mean, you're number one. I know, I know but like, like, like be heavy, you should have somebody local because they used to do that. Like I mean, like I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I I see. One year you had easy top because it was like from I think it was in Texas where they were from or wherever they were from. Maybe they do okay. that for like... they only play the game in so many cities because yes, of the weather. Exactly. So you only have so many options of locals. Like Los Angeles, which was last year. Which yeah, was... they were all local. There was a yeah. Los Angeles rap scene other than Eminem for some reason he just was the token. Oh, he's he's Michigan. That's right? probably a, a special circumstance because it was Los Angeles and a lot of those artists actually live here. So right, that's, that's, why that's why you can get all of them at once. Oh yeah, I, I'm right there on the street in the stadium. Yeah. I'll show up for a half an hour. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, number 18 is just celebrity gossip. There wasn't much celebrity gossip this week. Um, the only thing is that Cynthia Rivo, actress extraordinaire, just admitted on the Kelly Clarkson show that she's bisexual. So she came out. Um, apparently she talked about, um, you know, coming out a little later in life, you know, as opposed to much younger, she's 35 years old. Um, and yeah, I mean, she's going to be in the upcoming Wicked movie, so that's cool. Um, mm. but, um, yeah, so yeah, now we know that, that she, uh, she, uh, likes women and men both. So there you go. So good for her. <laughs> I proud. still surprise people care about that stuff. <laughs> but they you know, do. It was it Sells Magazine. I think, uh, I, I think some of them aren't because there's a lot of people like they, somebody pointed this out to me, like. Technically, the, Ezra Miller, he's non-binary. He's non-binary, yeah. Never dated a dude. So is he's he really bisexual? Is he just using he's that dated, to get... So he's dated women mostly. He's dating women exclusively. For, so it's like, how is he non-binary? Is he just doing that for like the political gift to get That's roles? That's an interesting one. Like, I, I don't know. I mean... I mean, yeah. yeah. Granted, he dresses feminine sometimes, but that doesn't, yeah. So it's That's, like, as I yeah. said, so Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Harry Styles is too, but he's very much into women as well. So, yeah. So, oh, friend, yeah. The women a lot. And he, he, I always thought he was gay originally. I mean, but he, yeah. So, but I mean, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, some of these people, I think, are using it for political and to get more attention for their own careers to help their exactly. careers. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but it just kind of seems that way. Yeah. Um, and then 19 is just well wishes go out to celebrities that, um, first of all, Katie Couric um, just announced she has breast cancer. So, <gasps> what? Better in news anchor. Yeah. So we really <sighs> hope she does well. She underwent sh- some treatment recently. So hopefully um, that that she got the treatment in time. Oh also, uh, Marlene Barrett, who plays nurse Maggie Lockwood on NBC Chicago Med, revealed she was diagnosed with both uterine and ovarian cancer. Um, so, oh, man. well wishes go out to those two, Definitely. as well as Post Malone, who uh, recently admitted that he had some chest pains at a recent show and had to cancel um, mm. the young guy. So, you know, well wishes go out to him. Well wishes mm. go out to uh, our friends in Florida. We hope... Uh, Hurricane Ian does not do too much craziness down there. Yeah. Um, so stay safe, uh, everybody. Safe yeah. because Walt Disney World just announced that they are closing uh, today, uh, September 28th, and 
Thursday, September 29th. Yeah. Really, they should have closed to begin with. It's like that's people are going to just ride the water, water rides. I, no, guess. I think they're the water park. It will make a more different adventure, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> and that was disappointing zone, Kenny Hopkins. So we wish him well. Uh, he's yeah, uh, down in Florida and all other friends of Florida. So uh, including well, NASA, including NASA. Exactly. They, brought, they rolled yeah. back the SLS and the Orion spacecraft back to the VAB building because of the hurricane. Yeah. So I only have one more thing on my list, and that's the world of wrestling. And oh, I think you've this... got about, wait, you've got about something. What about Keanu Reeves coming back as Constantine? Oh, that was last week. Oh, oh man. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we should say goodbye to the wonderful, the talented, yeah. the, the lovely Kelly Christopher, actress, NASA ambassador extraordinaire. You kicked ass on this show. Can we have you back sometime? Thank you. Yes. I, I so enjoyed good. this thoroughly. Thank you so you much. So yes. good. You know so much stuff. It's your, your the knowledge <laughs> you have is Fake incredible. it till you make it, baby. That's Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> Kelly, do you have anything to plug or promote? We talk about Gap Weekend. We talk about Gap Weekend. That's true. Is there uh, promoter for plug? anybody who wants up to date NASA stuff, um, I can be followed at Hey Cosmic Kelly on all the socials. I'm just getting my YouTube channel off the ground, but I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you on Twitter? I am, but I, I don't do a lot of NASA stuff on Twitter. I do that I'm on Twitter, so I'm not on Facebook. I am, my, my Twitter handle is Kelly Christopher, but the Christopher doesn't have an E. I had to spell it C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-R. Because there were like so many sick characters you could have. So yes, I'm on Twitter. My name's Awesome. Well, yes. Kelly, we thank you so much for being a part of Below the Belt show. You're you're amazing. You. So awesome. And uh, have a great rest of the show, guys. Yeah, we hope you have. We, we hope to have you back. Yes. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, good night. All right. Kelly Christopher. Wow, she did fantastic. And uh, we just have one more thing to talk about, Paul. The world of wrestling. And only, I I have a lot, but I have a little bit some fun stuff to talk about. Um, Tony Khan screwed a couple people, but. <laughs> All right, so number 20 on my list, Big Paul, is everything in the world of wrestling. Um, Extreme Rules is the next premium live event, um, formerly known as a pay-per-view, because now you don't <laughs> pay-per-view now. You kind of watch it on Peacock. But we do have some matches announced. Um, noticeably absent from the list of uh, competitors is Roman Reigns. He's got a big match at Crown Jewel, which we'll get into later. But uh, Liv Morgan will be defending again against Ronda Rousey in an Extreme Rules match. That's going to be a tough match. I don't. I mean, I like Liv Morgan with the belt. I love Liv, but I can't see I her. I think what they're going to do is get the belt to Rousey and have her going to Crown Jewel with the belt. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah. I think Liv is going to drop the strap here to Ronda in this Extreme Rules match, and Ronda's just going to go nuts. Um, because also that will give three victories over Ronda, and I think that's a little too much for their star, you know, to to put someone over three times. So, um. And then we have the Raw women's match, which is Bianca Belair defending against Bailey in a ladder match. So that should be pretty cool. Be and then we have Seth Rollins I, versus Matt Riddle. Yeah, I kind of like that that grip she has. I mean, I think she does, that kind of fits her pretty good. Yeah, we got uh, Bailey and we got Dakota Kai and we have Io Sky, right? Kai and yeah. Sky. They got their own little faction now. Um, yeah, it should be pretty good. Um, we'll have to see how that match goes down. Yeah. Um, we also have a fight pit match 
which I'm wondering if there'll be more MMA style moves in this one as Matt Riddle takes on Seth Rollins. See, uh, the, how how good is Seth, Seth Rollins as a fighter though? I mean, I mean, I know he can wrestle. Thing, with... Yeah. Now, now if you had like uh, Matt Riddle against Brock Lesnar, which Matt Riddle wanted, yeah, I mean, that, I think that would be a great MMA style match. But I don't know; they're calling a fight pit match, so I. I mean, it could still be the typical wrestling, but are they going to go more MMA on this one? I don't know, but we'll just have to wait and see how that one goes, you know? Uh, we also have Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross in a strap match. That's a good match. I, I am not a fan of strap matches, and the reason why I don't like them, it really limits the mobility. It handles them a little bit, but it's, uh, you're right. Mobility and, and, and there's limited moves you can do. I'm not a fan of strap matches. I think they're they're just boring and... It's better than the Taylor match they tried at WCW because those guys couldn't do anything. They were just trying to stand up. Right. So I, I would not be watching that. And then you have Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match. I think it's clearly obvious that Edge is losing this one because yeah. I'm sure he wants to take some time off from WWE. He, you know, already exerted a lot of his body and of course. Well, he's also the, he's also isn't he a pretty good actor too? Because hasn't he been on some shows and yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be doing some shows as well. So. Um... Yeah, I mean that's my prediction. I feel that yep. Finn Balor. Agree with you on that one. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. We might maybe we'll see Ray Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. I don't know because, you know, I don't know Dominic. Uh, of course, uh, Ray has never hit Dominic. You know, you won't, you won't see him attack him. So I don't. know. They're kind of playing that angle, but maybe eventually they'll they'll go one on one. Um, all right, so the other big uh, live event is in Saudi Arabia. Uh, this Welcome. is the blood money, the blood money event. <laughs> Anytime you're doing work well, in the Saudis, in Russia, so it's like, yeah, that's blood money, baby. Uh, so it's a it's a long, decade long deal. Um, not going to be there is Sami Zayn because apparently they don't want Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they don't welcome Syrians, and of course, all the women have to be appropriately covered. You know, not showing none of those booty shorts that you, you love. Yeah. Can't see any of that. Only one match announced so far, Paul. I'm curious what you think. Logan Paul challenging for the WWE Universal Championship versus Roman Reigns. That's crazy. Logan Paul getting an undisputed oh, world title he, match. He threats me as a wrestler because, I mean, at first I was like, this guy can't do anything. But his match looked pretty good. But I just don't think he should fight for the championship yet. I think... I think Logan Paul against Matt Riddle would be a better matchup because they both kind of had the same goofy personalities. And yeah, I think that that's that would, yeah. I mean, obviously that that would make more sense. But uh, you know what? You know they they want to bring the big matches to Saudi Arabia, and you know he's got a huge following in social media. So I mean, you know, it would be an interesting match to watch. I, I know that there's no way in hell that. That Logan Paul's gonna win, but uh, I don't know. You know what? I, I honestly think you might be wrong about that because they said uh, I think his brother tweeted or something he was gonna be there. So I wonder if they're gonna have his brother interfere and win one of the belts. That's not to say they won't drop the belt because all they all he has to do is win one belt. It's like the only way. They, now I would think that we, they would go in that route only if they announce one of the belts on the line. But this is could, still this is for the undisputed championship. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle I guess they don't want to have two champions right now. I mean, obviously... SmackDown champion in Raw. Here's, if I was running WWE, here's what I would do. Have a championship for SmackDown, have a championship for Raw. WrestleMania, you have one match. Ronda's disputed championship. That person <laughs> you, has... You said that before. But, yeah, but, 
the okay. reason why that won't work is they already do that at a Survivor Series. They already do that. They do champion yeah. versus champion Survivor. <laughs> I know. So you know, it's just. I know you said that on the show before. I just don't think it will work. I don't know. Um, but that's the only match. But rumored that John Cena and Brock Lesnar and Goldberg are going to be a part of this show too, because well, this. Lesnar, I mean, has already signed up for it, from what I hear. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. We don't know who's going to wrestle. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe we could see a rematch with Bobby Lashley. Maybe we can see. Uh, I maybe I'd love to see Braun Strowman versus Brock. What if Logan Paul wins it, and Lesnar just comes and just annihilates Logan Paul and takes the belt? I mean, that I, could happen. I just don't see Logan Paul winning, man. I just don't see it happening. I really, in all, in all honesty, think that Reigns will surpass Hogan's record, okay. so that he could. What and if then, Logan then, Paul beats him, and then David Arquette comes out of the stands and takes? <laughs> him. That's crazy, dude. That's just crazy talk. <laughs> But you know what? I'm excited about John Cena uh, rumored to returning uh, to be returning because I think he'd he'd really add to the card. Who he'd wrestle, I don't know. Rumors about who John Cena might face. Yeah, but if those are rumors. Who, who have you heard? Veer Mahan. And uh, I heard the rumor was uh, uh, somebody who might be coming back as Roy Rabbit, Ray Wyatt. Ray Wyatt. Wow. As as a matchup for. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be remember, kind of... Remember, he's like trying to hint that John Cena should become a heel. John Cena might become a heel and just like annihilate Ray Wyatt if Ray Wyatt comes back. I don't think John Cena will ever be heel as a part-time wrestler. There's no reason for him to. He's going to come back as a babyface because it makes zero sense for him to be a heel to do occasional matches. No sense at all. Well, they say he might... He, they say he wants to run. One last run, so it might be for a little while. It might not just be one match. That that could be cool too. You know, John Cena's basically. I mean, he's signed up for Peacemaker. Yeah. You know, and, well, you know, John just broke the record, uh, the Guinness World Record for the most Make a Wish Foundation uh, wishes granted with six hundred and fifty. Oh, did he? Yeah, six hundred and fifty Make a Wishes. Um, apparently, he's also the most requested Make a Wish celebrity, with no other star coming close to granting as many wishes as Cena in the foundation's history. That's cool. So that's really cool. All right, uh, we got some returns to the WWE. We talked about returns last time you were here, Paul. Uh, the Triple H is bringing back a lot of the names that have been released. And we just saw Candice LeRae return, Johnny Gargano's wife, on Raw this past Monday. Expected that to happen, but I mean... I was... Yeah, and I'm so happy uh, um, that, that she's back. And, of course, uh, we mentioned all the names from last time you were on, Paul, but still waiting for his return as Bray Wyatt. We st- we're still waiting on when that would be. Will it be a crown jewel? Will it be later? Will it be at all? No, we don't. We don't know. So I, I kind of like that that surprise factor, mm-hmm. you know. So I think he'll be back. In my my opinion, he will be back. We just don't know when, you know. Because like AEW apparently, um, you know, they're they're very strict about their contracts versus WWE. You can you can kind of get out of your well, contract. Well, technically, they know? they unreleased somebody too. Did you hear about that? Who do they unrelease? Aleister Black was supposed to be released. He was released, and then they unreleased him because they thought he was going to go to the WWE. So they so they, they they locked him locked him into his contract. Then they locked him back up, and Buddy Murphy was going to follow him. And yeah, helped. that's the thing. AEW is not granting any talent releases for the time being. So basically, they made it clear it's a new doctrine, and um, you know, for anyone that had a previous con- uh, contact with WWE, like Triple H wants to bring these guys back. Apparently they're not um, they're not going to be granting any releases until they're 
contract expires. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Because, I mean, WWE kind of work with people and let them go. They'll but... work with people if they want to go. Yeah, WWE is a little more. Or they'll just take them off TV, but still pay them. But uh, AEW, they want to be a little stricter with their talent. Um, but, I mean, but the thing is, they already released. They allowed him to. They allowed uh, Alex the Black to get released, mm-hmm. and then, then they, they undid it. So they were like, hey, you, sorry, you're not released anymore. Right. Well, you know who they brought back? Paige, former Paige, now yep. uh, Soraya, going by her real name. She apparently signed a three-year deal. Um, and, of course, we don't know about anything about her wrestling, you know? Um, um, uh, supposedly, like, they said she was cleared in WWE, and she was pissed that WWE wasn't going to use well, it. Well, according to what I'm hearing, that there's no confirmation that she's been medical cleared to wrestle. Okay. Um, I heard I heard the opposite, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just rumors. Yeah. So um, she actually had to sadly cancel an appearance here in the DMV at the Monster Mania convention. She's supposed to be a part of it on Sunday, but uh, it would have been uh, cool to see her again. Um, of course, not talking about the the videos that leaked a while ago. Going to that, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never saw the videos, but I mean, I heard. Oh, we've heard. We've seen. <laughs> Um, but that's all I have for wrestling. So let's wrap up, Paul. Uh, we, we have... What China, what, what uh, She-Hulk is better, China or the one we have now? <laughs> the She-Hulk that China portrayed was getting gangbanged, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, we have some wrestling pieces in addition to Coolio, which was so shocking and sad to hear just right at the start of the show. Uh, legendary actress Louise Fletcher uh, won an Oscar for her... Um, Performance is Nurse Ratchet in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. She sadly passed away at the age of 88. Actually, is that the same name? No, that was Jessica Fletcher. I was thinking Murder, She Right when you said Louise Fletcher. Yeah, Louise Fletcher from One, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Uh, Ven- Venetia Stevenson, actress, model, da- daughter of Hollywood luminaries, appeared in um, Island of Lost Women and Darby's Rangers, passed away at the age of 84. Francesca Natividad, the go-go dancer, who was a pop culture figure um, from Russ Meyer's Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens, had passed away. Uh, TV writer-producer Zach Estrin from Prison Break and Lost in Space died from an unknown cause at age of 51. Uh, Pharaoh Sanders, tenor saxophonist who performed alongside John Coltrane in the 60s, passed away at 81. And this one's really sad. He was only 33. Robert Cormier, Toronto-born actor, appeared on American Gods, Heartland, and Slasher. Um, apparently suffered a fall, injuries from his fall, and he, he passed away from those injuries from the fall. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really sad. Rest in peace. And, of course, Coolio, rapper extraordinaire. And uh, we definitely have to celebrate those. Um, a, a year older, another trip around the sun. Uh, Wednesday, September 28th, Bridget Bardot is 88. Uh, Vernie Wilson from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, 73. Actress, comedian Janine Garofalo is 58. Wow, holy smokes. Uh, Mira Sorvina is 55. And we just talked about Naomi Watts. She's 54. She's 55? No way. Uh, Well, Mira Sorvina is 55. Naomi Watts is 54. No, I wouldn't have guessed that either. Yeah. Now I'm feeling old because I mean I, I was like man they were hot back. I guess they were hot back in the day. <laughs> yeah they were. They're still hot. They're still hot. 
Bam Margera is 43 from Jackass. And I kind of the, would be older by chance. I mean, yeah, and the the wonderful, beautiful Hilary Duff from Younger and uh, many uh, pop songs like the Come Clean theme song from <laughs> Laguna Beach. She's 35 today. That's birthdays today. And uh, you talk about like uh, actresses that that were hot and still are. You have to see this actress now. She was just recently revealed. She's kind of been in hiding. She kind of retired from the business due to an accident. That's Bridget Fonda. If you Google recent pictures of her, she's completely unrecognizable. Um, she is not the young, slender hottie that you remember. She's, uh, yeah, she kind of let herself go, Paul. You got to see pictures of her. Because... Margot Kidder. Did you see how bad Mar- Mar- Margot Kidder got after? But that was Margot... Kind of... Margot Kidder's no longer with us, though, bud. Well, no, I'm talking about like when near the end because I mean she. Well, know. yeah, I, I kind of don't want to. Yeah, if they if they're longer with us, it's kind of. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not kind of like I don't know if it's kind of appropriate, you know, because they're longer with. But uh, yeah. Um, and of course Kelly McGillis, she was never asked to come back to Top Gun Maverick because she kind of didn't keep up with the the stunning blonde that we all knew from the first Top yeah. Gun. So. You got to keep up with your your health and your your fitness and everything yep. else, you know, um, if you still want to work. Well, some people don't want to work. Maybe she just wanted to have a family that's the daughter. I mean, so, that's what well, yeah. actresses, actress, especially actresses, because they want to have kids. So. Sometimes that's the case, yeah. But um, but guys, we um we're gonna wrap up tonight's show. This was incredible. Um, we have an incredible uh, interview to end tonight's show, pre-recorded from the Noche de Gala event in Washington D.C. But before we get to that, I'd like to thank, of course, our panel, Kelly Christopher, who did amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes. Darth Paul Wallace, the Sith Lord. Thank you, Masoma. I am a Sith Lord. That's right. Our special guest, Kelly Davis from Cobra Kai, from Good Lord Bird, from A Jazz Man's Blues. Uh, Check her out. Uh, The Righteous Gemstone. She is uh, a star. She is a star. She's doing amazingly well. Mm -hmm. Is she still in the DMV, or she did she move away? She's in Virginia. She's in Virginia. She she travels for her work, craft, and um, this is a big one. Ending tonight's Below the Belt show. We talked about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, right? I am so happy to present to you fans um, a featured interview from the red carpet of Noche de Gala, which recognized um, talents in Latinos uh, in the Latino community. And this is the recipient of the Horizon Award for uh, um, an award that's given to young Latino uh, actors in the industry. And uh, she plays America Chavez in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's Soshi Gomez. Yeah, Soshi Gomez. I did an exclusive red carpet, a very brief interview with her, talked about how uh, fame has, has changed her life ever since uh, joining the MCU. Uh, she t- talks a little bit about uh, working with uh, Sam Raimi. Uh, and uh, this is a really, really fun interview to close out tonight's show. Cool. So on behalf of everybody that's on the panel, that was on the panel and everyone else, uh, here's our exclusive inter- interview with Soshi Gomez, America Chavez from Doctor Strange, and the multiverse of madness, guys. Upcoming on carp on location red carpet interviews from Noche de Gala includes George Pelicanos, 
from We Own the City and The Wire and Cholo Maradueña Miguel Diaz from Cobra Kai. We got a big interview with him as well. And that's going to be uh, future episodes on Below the Belt Show. So on behalf of everybody here, we will see you guys next yeah. week. Until then, peace. Guys, we have America Chavez herself from MCU. <laughs> so crazy. I know. So she goes. Whenever there's like a gala, I'm always like, what even is a gala? You know? Yes. Right, right, for sure. I don't know. It's but we have we have an MCU, someone from the MCU here. First of all, uh, congratulations on your Horizon Award. What does that mean to you? I mean, it means literally the world. I just, I can't, like, just the fact that they believe in me and they think that, you know, in the future, you know, Horizon, I'm just like, I, I don't know. To me, it's like a little overwhelming, but yeah. a, a little scary. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just so proud that I am just honored, honestly, that I get to be given this award and that I'm thought of to be able to given, be given this award is a little crazy. <laughs> so certainly well-deserved. Now, how has life changed since portraying America Chavez in MCU? Oh, in every single way you could possibly think. My life has been changed. But also at the same time, I'm, I'm still Sochi Gomez, just Sochi, you know, Sochi. Um, you know, and I, I enjoy just sitting at home, really. <laughs> I do love, I love sitting, like just sitting at home and watching movies and doing homework. Yeah. I already saw on your IMDb, you're attached to Avengers Secret Wars, yeah? I have no clue at this point. <laughs> Who even controls IMDb? Am I right? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good point. I have been listed for some things and I'm like, that is not true. So at this point, I don't know. What was your favorite moment on set of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? On set? I mean, there's so many fond memories I have. Yeah. But, um, you know, probably just it's it's really rewarding when you have an, a director you know be proud of something that you do or a shot that they love and my favorite moment was when you know sam would really enjoy a shot that you know sam raimi would enjoy a shot that he got and he'd get to the edge of his seat and he'd, he'd do kind of this old-timey voice and go like cut cut it now cut it now <laughs> and it's like this he literally goes he does it in such a deep way where he like really means it and he's got he had like a little cane too it's like added to the whole picture it was great i loved it i do miss it certainly <laughs> a great director now was it any challenge to work with a lot of green screen and, and like virtual beasts if you will yes it was <laughs> mainly because i mean it's it's marvel um you know so the spaces are giant and i'm i was always like okay where am i even looking you know but the most amazing thing is because it's marvel they have um like a drawing of it, the whole movie um and so i was able to kind of see what my character was going to be doing and where she was supposed to be standing and where the monster was supposed to be uh -huh. and so i was able to kind of envision it you know yes. and that made my life really easy <laughs> but also kind of scary because it's like wow i was supposed to be running away from this thing that's not even there <laughs> it was kind of and what what uh, what uh upcoming projects can you talk about right now well, there is Ursa Major um, coming out. Well, it's not coming out. I haven't shot it yet. Um, I have yet to shoot it, but um, hopefully, uh, you know, I get to shoot that next year. Um, and I'm also just working on uh, doing some uh, music videos. Uh, I'm direct co-directing a few music videos. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my life besides school. Congratulations. <laughs> well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.